Hello, beautiful people. It is Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, and this show about aliens begins now. Yeah! Today's a huge day, okay, because yesterday, for the first time in 50 years, there was hearings about unidentified aerial phenomena and UFOs. No alien talk, but you would assume one comes with the other. No real answers were given, but boy, it feels like the conversation's just getting started, isn't it? That's uh-huh. right. That's and that exactly conversation right. will continue today with somebody that was in the room where it happened just yesterday, Representative Mike Gallagher out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. He asked a couple good questions oh. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, the Washington Post wrote a um, opinion article this morning, kind of calling out Mike Gallagher for you know, believing almost that this all could be real and are they wasting their time talking about Congress and having committee hearings about aliens right now with all the other stuff going on? I haven't seen C-SPAN enough uh, until yesterday. I assume they're wasting their time with a lot of shit Mm -hmm. and I feel like we should learn more and more about, you know, what's potentially out there that has much better technology than we could ever have. Mm -hmm. Please. And a question that's been asked like literally forever. What, is there anybody... Out there. We'll ask Mike Gallagher today, 1.15 Eastern Standard Time. He was in there. He's done a lot of research. He was a former Marine. Now he's the fastest congressman in Washington, D.C. He asked some good questions. Feels like he might be on a a little political run as well. Uh, Can't wait to chat with him and see what he knows about the UFOs. And hey, hey, is there fucking aliens or not? What's going on? Just tell us. And who are, is Elon Musk one? We thought he was. Is he one? Let us know. Makes sense. Mike Gallagher might have those answers. He might not. He might also be able to tell us what's next in those entire, you know, hearings and chitter chatter like that. Jim Irsay was talking about the moon and the Mars. All these billionaires trying to get to space. Everything's being released from the Pentagon. It feels like it's only a matter of time before we're just dapping up aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. And there might be a couple that we don't get along with that we're going to have to figure out and that'll mm-hmm. be the new big scare thing. Oh, these sons of bitches, they're not friends with anybody. you got to watch yourselves. Like that whole thing will happen. But I'm excited as we... It feels like we are in the precipice of the generation that's going to find out about this at a young age and live their lives with it. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to chat with him at 1.15 Eastern Standard Time. Shout out to him for joining us, by the way. Sports yeah, yeah. Stooges. Uh, there's no reason he should be coming on our show. We understand that. And the only other politicians really come on this show. Wow. <laughs> well, well, He was just trying to do the right thing. He actually yeah. ended up getting uh, on the wrong side of everybody. Yeah. In Not politics. Big G, though. No, well, I, I'm just saying, you know, you, you have a... Recurring segment on our show during the football season. Yes. You're going to win the MVP. Sure. Yep. Okay. So that's like precipice. Mm -hmm. Like there is a precedent of that. Not precipice. There's a precedent of this happening. The last politician that came on this show. You know. Hit inside a park home run in a baseball game. Yes, he did. Great game. Ended up getting buried by. Every Everybody. person in politics, unfortunately. So we're hoping to break that cycle, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that we only have fast uh, congressmen on. Yeah. Inside the park homers, congresspeople only. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you can score an inside the park homer, that probably means you're under the age of 90. Sure. And I don't know much about politics. Feels like there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't, they, they all hit bombs, I guess, though. That's oh, why yeah. they've been around for yeah. so long, I guess. They said dingers. They said throw heat. One of the two. One of the two. Played so many games like the mayor. Anyways, that that's the problem. We know nothing about politics. Okay, so you just heard the extent of really what we understand and what we don't understand. We understand that everybody hates each other. Okay, so if you're on this side, you hate this side. If you're on this side, you certainly hate them right back. 
Gonzo ended up right here uh-huh. in the middle, he and it was kind of like both of them hating him or whatever. Yeah, taking shrapnel from both sides. That's basically all we know about it. But today we're going to get to the bottom of the UFOs more than that fucking house intel. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Bingo. He probably he's the one asking the questions though. So does he have the answers? I don't know if this guy's going to have I feel any like of the answers. He's answer. got knowledge for sure. Yeah, he has that more than we have. Yeah, he had more think, than the people. The questions that, they were that he interview. was asking were very, very good, uh-huh. very good, deep, detailed. He also talked about some blue book and then yeah. a yes. a. Mm-hmm. Project Blackbear? No. A-fib? A, no, AFib no. is your heart. Okay. You should actually, you should not have there's that. like an Apple Watch saved my friend's life Boom. because uh-huh. his heart did have an AFib situation and that thing started blinking red and was yeah. like, go to a hospital now. Open heart surgery saved his life. Aliens and Elvis. So yeah. that's not, he was he didn't ask that about AFib. No, no. no. But he, uh, I think it was a, uh, I don't know if it was the A1, but he asked about this stuff in New Mexico where they had UFOs that crash and alien bodies. And he oh. asked that to them and they didn't know about it, but he did. Yeah, I mean, it's so, a fascinating, he has done research. He got attacked, though, by some of the uh, yeah. punditry of politics, though, for even asking the questions that he was asking. But the questions he was asking is what the Internet, I think, has just been trying to uncover for years sure. and years and years. Mm-hmm. Just a younger, fresh set of brains <laughs> and questions on things. And there was some squirming from the people that were supposed to have all the answers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't expect that. I, I expected them to have... You know, who the fuck am I? I'm somebody that doesn't know anything about this. Just watched C-SPAN for the first time basically yesterday. I thought we were going to get actual answers. No, I think that's kind of, I mean, we didn't, We never do. I think that's why, like, when I heard about that, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But ultimately, like, every time, that's what, time. It, that's what it always is. So are they not telling the truth? Is there really nothing to it? How come the only, like, Congress hearing that I remember Beer. having any significance is... Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and them taking steroids. Yeah, yeah. That one had actual, like, that one actually had full, like, there was a ruling, a judgment, a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of anything else actually doing that. Yesterday, I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to get the answers. Didn't get a damn we thing. Did to my knowledge, the people that are answering the questions, I believe it's their job to say as much as possible without saying anything at all. Always? Is that just kind of the I thing? I think it's always. And were they potentially going to end up in jail mm-hmm. yesterday? Those I don't two? think so. I don't so. think so. It feels like they should now. So they were not, well. <laughs> just just saying. I, I mean, they definitely have the answers and they didn't give them. So it's lying. Uh, we'll talk to Mike. Yeah, yeah hell no. Will hell he no. be able to tell us about the process too? I feel like sure. 35 years old. Maybe this is the year where I learn what the whole thing is over there. Yeah, yeah once you can be president. Yeah, well, I guess that's okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just like this dude's a rep, yep. right? He's mm-hmm. a congressman. Yep. House. He's a represent. He's in the House. Yes. The House holds the Congress. The House. Senate holds the senators. Yes. The House holds the representatives. The Senate holds the senators. They come together to make Congress. Oh, boom. That's cool. And that's one <laughs> third of the entire government branch. That's mm-hmm. right. Because then there's the judiciary, which is Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And then the executive, uh, executive which, which is the president. The White House. Uh-huh. They're, they're the legislative. Commander okay. in chief. So that the two party, the two places, Senate and Haas, they're the ones that are always yelling at each other. <clears throat> yes. They're the ones that are always, they're stealing the headlines. Mm-hmm. Laws and such and bills. Each state gets two senators. Each state. Representatives are based off population. This guy's this guy's on top of it. Okay, so yeah. there's a lot more. There's fifty, there uh, hundred of the senators. Yes, and then there's a shit ton yes. of the like four hundred something. I think of the of what this the guy's. Yeah, okay. California's got like eighty. Because you're repping every district and yeah. your constituents. Because right. uh-huh. mm-hmm. I was your constituents, and that's just gotta in keep shows my constituents that I happy. Four hundred thirty-five yeah. in the house. Wow! Holy <clears> shit! <throat> We're talking a one of four hundred thirty-five today. That's Let's right. go. What does he know 
that the other 434 don't. Who knows, but we're excited to find out. Anyone to come on the show, we're appreciative of it. Uh, in the third hour, we'll have A.J. Galante, Ooh. former owner of the Danbury Trashers, I believe still owner of the Trashers, founder of the International Ice Wars, their first big heavyweight okay. uh, King of the Rink fighting tournament mm-hmm. this Saturday on Fight TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. Here we go. Hey, listen. Blue line to blue line, basically, I believe, is what it is. Ice rink is a smaller rink. Guys in hockey pads, Mm -hmm. they skate right up to each other, and then they just start throwing bombs. Yeah. Judge like boxing, Mm -hmm. and they have a 320-pounder getting on skates. Big boy. Buckethead is his uh, nickname. Huge. Huge head on this guy. But they're going out there and swinging bombs. I can't wait to hear what they're thinking, how they're expecting it to go. It's happening in Enoch, Alberta, Canada or something. Okay. I mean, it's way up there. They are going to try to throw bombs at each other. Hockey fights always get good, and now we're going to have it officiated and judged. I think there's call-outs and all that. Look at this guy. Travis Levitsky. Beast. Buckethead Levitsky. A Sasky lad. He is, yeah. He also oh, he used yeah. to play on the Alberta Football League or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Alberta out. does have the best athletes in hockey, if we know anything about Canada. Do, we, yeah, absolutely. The Get, only hockey teams left are from Alberta in the NHL playoffs. So. Oh, you're talking about right now. Oh. Yeah, Calgary knocked out Texas hockey <laughs> yeah. the other night. That was a shame. That was a real shame. I mean, it was. Anyway, let's talk to AJ Galante, third hour. And Darius Butler will join us here in a couple moments. And we wanted to kind of save the NFL conversation until then because a corner just got mm-hmm. paid. Oof. Uh, I guess. I mean, $7.5 million is a lot of money. A corner just got picked up and added to the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles, if you look at this offseason, hey, big offseason for Coach Sirianni in the entire Fly Eagles Fly bird community over there. Yeah. Not only a trade for A.J. Brown on draft night, which is huge. Jalen Hurts and him are going to be hot. Now they actually signed Bradbury, who was released, I believe, from the Giants yep. just like two weeks ago out of nowhere. Nobody saw this coming. Two years ago, had an incredible season. Last season was okay, but the Eagles add alongside Darius Slay in their backfield. They had offensive weapons. Coach Sirianni gets another year under his belt. Are the birds up this something? Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Sirianni, whenever you hear that you know people are starting to have higher expectations of the philadelphia eagles because of the moves that are being made in the offseason is that something that motivates you and drives you or does that scare you a little bit and what do you think about bradbury as a player coach no i don't care about that at all because last year everyone thought i was a fucking doofus i almost i almost won coach a year you know we went (laughs) to the playoffs and uh really bradbury's a nice player he's a great piece I've said it from the beginning. I'm trying to acquire dogs, okay? And that's what I'm doing. uh, A.J. Brown, he's a dog, okay? Bradbury, he's a dog. I'm a dog. Jalen's a dog. Kelsey's a dog. I mean, we I got so many fucking pooches around me that you know. It, but listen, it's starting to look like a. It, it's starting to look like a dog pond. You know, <laughs> all, all due respect to Cleveland, but no, I mean, if you could win the off season, yeah, I've won the off season. Well, congratulations, there coach. Coach of the off season for sure. You drafted a couple dogs, nonetheless. Dude, I am very impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles going all in, and I thought about this um, as you know this news came in this morning. Ownership that gets buried and front office that get buried for stinking, it feels like not every time, but as of late, they're going big plays. 
soon as, yeah. as they can. Miami, I mean, they got buried, killed. They're paying to lose games down there. Yeah. Okay, we're going to spend money on everybody, everything. We're going to try. They were trying to pull off Brady and Peyton as mm-hmm. a head coach and quarterback and give up ownership to do that. I mean, that's fucking massively, yeah. hey, we're going all in to try to do this. Roseman and them in Philadelphia have been mocked and ridiculed for the way that team has been run post-Super Bowl. I mean, it was a absolute dumpster fire. Here, they're going with Sirianni. It feels like they're trying to go, hey, we're going to make some plays and really try to do this thing if you're an eagles fan you got to be pumped years ago not that many years ago you're eating horse shit okay uh-huh. in the middle of a parade super bowl parade you're eating right off the fucking ground having a time of your life rocky's looking better than ever everything in philadelphia is coming up like thumbs up then the whole place implodes from within itself everything has to turn over this team stinks now jalen is he a guy mm. They seem to think he's a guy. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in weapons around him. Sirianni seems to not be a complete doofus, like you said. Seems right. like he's actually got a, a whole squad rallied around him. And if you listen to what he's saying, although he says it differently than everybody else, there's some good message in there. Philadelphia Eagles are really going for it. Good for Roseman. Yeah. yeah. Good for Roseman. Eagles are crushing it. And there's that stat, <clears throat> excuse me, where the NFC East division leader, they've never had a back-to-back in 17 years. So they'll probably do it. Six. Maybe. You need that. <laughs> Huge money packs. So. <laughs> Might have brought one home. You need to uh, cut it off. You need to cut that back. Let's to your go. point, and it feels like um, when Joe Douglas went to the Jets, he got all the credit for, for what he did with the Eagles and blah, 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 and everyone was calling was calling Howie the accountant, and now he's like, you count on me to fucking add some oh, dogs. Yeah. That okay? was an accountant joke? Oh, yeah. Three years of fucking accounting, okay? And they have, by the way, counted on Howie Roseman to kind of turn this thing around. Yeah, take a big <clears throat> leap of faith. Ownership, who owns? Uh, Jed? No. The Eagles? Lurie? Lurie. Yeah, Jeff Lurie. Lurie. So Jeff Lurie. he had the team with literally just Howie Roseman over – Doug Peterson, Joe Douglas, obviously gone. Everything, Carson, Carson, uh-huh. Carson, little, every, everything around Howie was not happy with everything that was going on. Allegedly, we don't know the full story. Will we ever? Probably not, because we don't fucking learn anything anymore about anything yep. until like 15, 20 years later when uh, we'll all probably. I'll probably be dead by then, but you boys will be thriving and you know doing good things. But everything around, so Lurie had to go all in with Howie, and I assume there was times where that was not an easy decision to be made, or necessarily the most you know favored decision. Probably even in Lurie's family and people around him in his circles. Now Howie's really building up a roster. Now does it mean dearly squat what you do in May? No. Can you win the Super Bowl in May? No. But it feels like they're trying their best to win each month here, making moves, trying to make their team better, filling holes, bringing some you know players that are accomplished. I'm happy for the fucking uh, Eagles fans. Like, very, very happy. And if it's anything like um, Bradley Cooper's little book thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Silver Lions playbook. Yeah, sure. that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And that's literally how everybody is that we – everybody I've met from Philly mm-hmm. is an Eagles fan is kind of like that. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, kind of live and die with the birds and the green. It, like – Good for them getting what appears to be a team that cares again. Well, and there's like some teams you can look at even in the past like 10 years that have kind of changed. Like the Cardinals weren't always uh, top tier, and it feels like now they've gone all in, went after guys, and kind of turned that whole entire thing around with Kyler and Cliff. I mean, the Chargers even. Like they had Phil Rivers, but they never got over the hump, and now they got Herbert. And, and remember, like, Spanos is getting buried. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now they're going all. I mean, this feels like it's a thing because you got to remember at the end of the day, humans at the top, which is why I think the Packers need a fucking owner. Oh, bad. It's never going to happen, but I mean, 
I agree with you. Yeah. But also, it, the buck stops here. There's a couple mm-hmm. of those where it's old buddy for the Giants. Now, it did not work out. It did not work out not at all. But two years back, we heard old buddy from the Giants. Uh, John Gettleman? Mara? Mara? Oh, yeah, John Mara. Yeah. Mara say he was sick of his rich friends asking him why the Giants were bad. So he would go to these little social gatherings and galas, and they'd have their shrimp cocktails and their black tie affairs, which I only can guesstimate what it is like from like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, when he goes in there looking for Snowflake the Dolphin, mm-hmm. yep. and there's actually a shark. He said when he was walking around these super billionaire events, all anybody would ask him is why his team stunk. Not that he was successful and have fun. So he he invested a lot of money. The mm-hmm. Giants' last free agency yep. spent a lot of money. Wide receiver, tight end, corner, I yep. think. Tried their best to like go all in. None of it really worked out. No. No. They stink. They got to fire their coach. Now they're on to another one, and hopefully they'll be able to do it. But it feels like when these owners kind of get pressed and kind of mocked and ridiculed, not only like by their friends, but publicly about their team stinking or tanking or forever being bad, they do respond. Not every time, but it does feel like that happens more often than not. So that's good news for teams that are currently in a dumpster fire, right? Uh, I mean, I guess. I don't know, but like you said, too, like how often do these teams go? Like, if Fuck, look at Haslam and the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't win a Super Bowl, I mean, I guess it's different with a quarterback. But, like, you know, if Jalen has a bad year or, like, doesn't have the kind of year they're expecting where he takes another, like, Josh Allen-like step, then it's, like, it's kind of – I don't want to say it's all for naught, but it's, like, you know, the, the temperature is going to be very different then than it is right now. I concur completely. And if he doesn't have a good year, maybe they just go get another quarterback to kind of fill in. And help. Maybe it's a veteran, by the way. I don't know yeah. how they'll be able to fit it all in. He's an accountant. I'm sure he's yeah. able to manipulate the salary cap. But I keep going on – Cronky. Look at Cronky did with the Rams when they were getting killed for leaving mm-hmm. St. Louis and everything yeah. was bad. They invest heavily in the team. Let's go win. It feels like this is a trend where the the ownership now that you can hear more directly from your fans, you can hear more directly from people. We're in a more connected world than we've ever been. And I think it's the onus is kind of falling on some of the ownership as well from the public outcry of like, hey, I've been a fan of your fucking team for 30 years. You haven't known that for like 25 of the years because you had no idea that I existed because I couldn't get to a game. It would be nice if we didn't stink anymore. It would be really nice if we didn't stink anymore. Look at Ursay. Yes. Like, you know, I think when when they first got Carson Wentz, I, I, a lot of people would have been shocked if it's like, hey, this is basically a one-year deal. You know, like they were expecting that, but it's like, hey, we this team should have went to the playoffs. We didn't. I'm embarrassed. Like, shit needs to change right now. Like, not, hey, we'll give Carson another year in the offense. We'll see how it goes. It's like, okay, nope, this doesn't work. Go get me Matt Ryan. Like, you know, I I'm mean, happy that we are in this oh, time. Yeah. This is a great time to be an NFL fan if these ownerships are, are just going to continue to go all in. Now, there will always be. Don't. Of course. Yep. Don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheila Fordham is building a foundation. She got booed out of the stadium at halftime. Uh-huh. Well, she, well, she got, didn't deserve that. I, wait, by the way, I don't think she did either, mm-hmm. but I do believe that's the first time the Lions fans were able to acknowledge the Ford family. Uh-huh. Yes. She was the first one ever to say, I'll walk out there in the middle of the stadium on the 50-yard line, put a podium in front of me. I'll speak right to these people. I have nothing but respect for it. MCDC loves her. Uh, Spielman loves her, I believe. Mm -hmm. Everybody seems to love her, so I'm with it. I think she's turning it around. Good for her. But for a long time, that Ford family did not care that the Lions stunk. No, no. No! It was their fault. They are the problem. The Lions stink so bad, but that's what Sheila's for. We're Turning it around. This is our decade. Well, this is our decade. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What right. if it is? By the way, no, 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 probably not. Jimmy from the Colts guaranteed too. So there's not. There's not. 
So it's going to be the Colts decade. Uh, yeah, Colts like, decade probably also probably the Patriots. But, I mean, that's the difference with the Giants is that the Giants have another team in their state with the Jets, and it's like, okay, the Jets are making moves. If we don't hurry up, we're all of a sudden going to fall to the number two team in our own goddamn city. Bro, they did make moves, though, last year. That was the thing that, yeah. I, that we chatted about earlier. It was like the Giants were trying. Mm-hmm. It felt like they yeah. were really trying to, like, all right, let's just throw – whatever Mara could do, I could throw money. They overpaid a couple people. Oh, yeah. I'll just – throw money at the problem because I'm sick of all this talking about my team stinking. And when those don't work out or it doesn't work out and you're in turnover, you have a new head coach in the, in the whole thing, which, by the way, he might be a guy. Oh, yeah. We don't know if he's going to yeah, be a guy sure. to be able to turn the whole thing around, but it feels like we are in the era of ownership not being content with their team continuing to stink, which is good news. Right and I had now. to look it up to be clear, but you you know the Eagles may be in on Jalen Hurts, but it may not, but that trade with the Saints where everyone was like, what is that or whatever? They did get another first-round pick for next year, so they have a 15th and an 18th overall probably for next year. Uh, so if they want to package so, those. To move mm-hmm. up to get one of the Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Stroud or Slavis or whatever the fuck his name is from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know? Or JT Daniel. Yeah. JT Daniel. Daniel. West Patrick. Virginia University. Yeah. Kid in Miami. I'm worried about that one, by the way. JT Daniel, West Virginia. We'll come back to this conversation later. Not because I think JT Daniel is going to do bad, but... How do you end up at West Virginia? Yeah. Good question. He loved the weapons. He did. He said the weapons yeah. were good. That's why. How'd he get those weapons? Guy's a stud. Well, he's. Yeah. I can't wait to see what he does at West Virginia, but I feel like that's going to. He's going to win it all. Can't wait to watch him win it all. Hell yeah. Let's go ahead and jot this down, though, if anything happens that yeah. I knew. Yep. You knew what was going on. Predicted it. Yep. <laughs> Joining us now, a man who went to UConn. That team stinks. Yeah, Terrible. Dead, I think. Bad. Dead. Bad. Are they D2 now? I'm not 100% sure. Should be. Might oh. be NIA. I'm not 100% sure. I the program. But the thing about it is their all-time leading passer just signed a deal oh. to remain at ESPN, and now he's calling NFL games wow. for ESPN. Yeah. Joining us now, former teammate of Dan Orlovsky, which I'm sure he is excited to be introduced as nine-year NFL vet, co-host of the Man to Man podcast, one of the smartest football brains I've ever encountered. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah, Yo, what up, fellas? Hey, congrats to my guy, Dane. You don't have to bury us like that, man. You don't have to do that. Hey, you guys used to be good, man. It was a lot of fun to, you know, see those teams fly around. You used to kind of handle it, but everything has kind of gone to shit. Now, listen, there's Jim, no... Hey, Jim Moore, we got we got the program back. We, we're trending. We're going, we're going back, in right, back, back in the right direction. All right, we'll get back there sooner or later. It's too cold, right? Don't you think? Too cold? It's cold. It's in the Northeast. It's a tough, you know, we're independent, so it's a tough area to recruit. <laughs> especially without, you know, been in the Big East like the old days. But Moore figured out, man. He's had success in his past. NFL, UCLA, he'll figure it out. I got faith in him. I don't know. A lot of things stacked against him right there. The NIL might be able to help him out, I guess, but uh, they're taking away any ability to just pay people to go to play anyway. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of interesting. West Virginia's in an interesting spot too, D-Butt. You know, we've been – Yeah. Yeah, we kind of got worse every single year these last three years. That's not supposed to happen, I don't think, D-Butt. Hey, it's not. We hey those those Big East days. Those, those are some prime. Those are some prime years. Rutgers, West Virginia, Pitt, Louisville. We got to bring the Big East back, man. Louisville, yeah. uh, Syracuse even had a couple of years here and there. It was some, some, Cincinnati. Hey, who was the running back? From? USF. 
Yes, USF had a couple of dogs. They used to run like four threes. The entire defense used to just run four threes at USF. Uh, who was the, that running back for Louisville? He's like 260, 270. Michael Bush. Uh, Michael Bush. Yeah. He's a dog. He was a quarterback. He, he was a beast. He was a monster. Him and Brom, I think, were on yeah. the same team back then. Yeah. yeah. Harry Douglas. Mm-hmm. Oh. You ready? Uh, uh, Barnage, too. Tight end. They had a squad over here. Harry ran one right by me. On a uh, kickoff, I think it was opening kickoff. Right, <laughs> right. I, I, I hated Harry in college. We, we still my hair. I, I need to holler at him. <laughs> yeah, he him in the nuts. He him in the nuts one time. Oh. Whoa! Uh, spit in one of my teammates' face. Whoa! Dog. Dog. Yeah, he kind of love this guy. Dirty. Yeah, he ran dirty me by dog. me too. I saw he didn't spit on. Well, I don't know. He might have too fast. <laughs> the whole way all worked. That Big East was awesome, and the Big East basketball tournament was awesome too. And then everything just kind of folded. I don't yeah, understand. Middle East now. <clears throat> medium East. Tony. What's that, pal? It's a medium East Tony, now. Wrong term. What was that all about? Jeez. It's not the Big East anymore. It's the medium East. Why is that? What are you saying? Fucking, what do we got in the Big East now? Butler. Villanova, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creighton. Okay. Well, Seton Hall. Yeah. Well, it's a basketball conference. Yeah. St. John's fucking still got it. Right? Yeah. They're still hooping. True. Yeah. Big East is dead, huh? What is the <laughs> deal? Dead. Is dead. Diggies is dead. I don't like it. All right, let's move on. Let's talk to the NFL. It's good news for us. Uh, Bradbury going to the Eagles. This continues an offseason where the Philadelphia Eagles are investing in the team. Just a couple years removed from Howie Roseman being like the most hated front <laughs> office person in a city in which he is a front office of. How do you feel about the move? Do you like this for Bradbury opposite of Slay? What are your entire thoughts on the whole process? And how many teams do you think were interested? I love the move. I saw a report that said it was 11, 11 teams that were interested. And, um, you know, the, the, the Giants didn't do them any favors, obviously, by releasing them at this point in the year. But, you know, they were doing business on their end, trying to get a trade done, which a lot of teams were in those conversations as well. And uh, last time I was on here, I think that was when the news came out. that yeah. he, uh, he was released. Uh-huh. But um, I, I like him, man. He's still uh, in the prime of his career, I think. Uh, he's on a one-year deal, so he'll definitely be motivated to go out there ball and get another bag. As you saw, Jair just got paid yesterday in Green Bay or the other day in Green Bay. So um, he, he's motivated. He's on the up, opposite side of D. Slay. Um, they, they've had a tremendous offseason all around the Eagles. Got A.J. Brown on draft night. We got Jordan Davis in the first round and Kobe Dean the third. Um, they've, they've been making it. Hassan Reddick off the edge. So uh, Roseman, man, he's going all in. And Hurts, you know, they had this team in the playoffs and nobody had him, had him going into the playoffs last year. So, I mean – might be worth the fly to take him to win that uh, division this year. Nobody has won back-to-back in the NFC East for the last 17, 17 wow. years. Okay, so that thing's wide open, has been wide open, even though it appears as if one roster is always more stacked than the others every single season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every single season, the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl <laughs> oh, yeah. and have a much better roster. Haven't had back-to-back winners of the NFC East in the last 17 years. So that thing's open. I feel like... Sirianni, Roseman, and all of Philadelphia realize that. And the fact that they're going for it, D-Bud, I like. And I, I started thinking about this. You know, Roseman was getting killed. They go all in. Lurie had to have gone all in with him. Uh, Steven yep. Ross in Miami, they were getting killed. They go all in. You go to, like, the history. Cronky, whenever he left St. Louis, went to L.A., got killed. They go all in. It feels like when some of these owners and front office people get, like, publicly insulted – or their fan base is able to reach them and tell them that they hate what they're doing, they answer and they respond by at least trying to go all in. I like that for the NFL, D-Butt. Do you sense that? And do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot less patience these days. You know, when we, were, we were playing, you know, guys would come in and coaches would get a few years to turn things around, quarterbacks. And now, you know, people, hey, it hurts. 
tour. If they don't get it done this year, they're out of there. Like that's that's kind of the mindset all around, and that's kind of seeped into um, these buildings, I think. And, and it depends on everybody's situation. It's always different. Um, the Eagles were able to kind of make a lot of these moves. They still got a quarterback on a rookie deal. Um, same thing down in Miami. But um, these teams got to figure it out and figure it out fast. I heard you guys talking about the Giants uh, before I hopped on. They got to figure it out too because uh, it looks like, you know, Daniel Jones has been playing well. You got Dave Ball coming over from Buffalo, so they may turn things around there. But uh, I love to see it, man. It's great for NFL fans. This is what we've been doing on, on Madden our whole life. You know, <laughs> go, hey, trade, block it. Get it all in here. Go up, max the salary cap out, figure it out. Uh, so I love to see it, man. Hey, that was a great out right there. You're right. Yeah. It is, you know, the fantasy football mindset almost. Like, hey, this roster does not need to remain the same. But I think you have to keep the pillars, right? I think how many core people you think you need to have on offense, Ooh. defense that you can build around? Is it just position or do you think it's actual quantity? Man, it, it, it's position because, as you know, everything is separated. We spend most of our time separated in, the, in our individual, you know, silos in our meeting rooms so you need uh strong leaderships in those different meeting rooms and then on the opposite sides of the ball and then the third phase of the game on the special teams part so i think you need like a special teams ace someone that keeps everybody going on that on that side of the ball and then defensively offensively at least two or three guys and, and ultimately you want got your own guys you know homegrown drafted you know darius leonard quentin nelson uh, you you draft those guys Jason you Kelsey. pay those guys you keep them in the building they kind of pass you know, the, the the culture down and around the locker room. Um, that's ideally how you want it. Then you get free agent pieces and bring them on. Like the Eagles have done this offseason, like the Saints have done, um, bringing in a guy like Tyron Matthew, obviously with championship pedigree, uh, knows the area. Same with Jarvis Landry on the other side. Um, so it, it's different ways to do it. But when you bring veterans into your locker room, they got to be able to fit in because it's a lot of egos in that building. As you know, they got to be able to fit into whatever that culture is. Um, young guys got to be able to step up in leadership roles early. We had Andrew Luck come in. You your first overall pick. You're the leader. You're one of the captains early. You got to figure it out. You know, it's a, it's a locker room with Vinny, with you, with Stanzo, Robert Mathis, Reggie Wayne. And we're looking at a guy, you know, 22, 23 years old to be one of the leaders. So it's, it's tough. Uh, but the guys that are making the decisions, got, uh, men and women that are making the decisions, you know, they got to um, check all the boxes, make sure they're making the right ones. Andrew Luck watched Adam Vinatieri kick for the Amsterdam Admirals when he was like eight years old or something like that. He got like an autograph with him and a whole picture. I think it was like a whole thing that happened. That's why he shouted out Vinny in his like retirement press conference or whatever, because I think he was actual fan, soccer player, and he met him when he was a kid. I don't know if it was eight. It was definitely when he was a kid, though. So yep. then he gets in the locker room, and now Vinny and Luck are like captain. Vinny's 40 years old. Yeah. He's 22. <laughs> and like Luck was a super nice guy, like the nicest guy of all time. I, I honestly believe too nice of a guy in some situations. In my eyes, to be a quarterback, there were some situations where I wish he would have seen Peyton Manning operate. Like I wish he would have seen yeah. Peyton Manning say, hey, we're not doing that. Like just because that's how you should be and can be of a quarterback. But when you're 22, it's difficult. But as you get older, you know, you kind of become the person everybody looks to and looks at. And I just, I said Jason Kelsey because that's probably the person in Philly that they're relying on. Yep. And then Cox on the defensive side, right? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like, hey, these are the two guys mm -hmm. we keep around. Then they hand over the game, hopefully, the way you are as an Eagle or as you are as a Colt. And Chris Ballard said, we want to build this culture and then we'll bring people in. And yeah. How about hitting on Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, same fucking draft class. S same draft. And, and Braden Smith, too, I think, in that same class. So, I mean, lights out. And like you, you spoke on Kelsey, even a guy like that, a center who's at another leadership position on the team, 
they drafted his replacement. And I'm sure I, I saw Kelsey doing some of the coverage. Uh, well, I saw, you know, a replay of him doing some of the coverage when that draft. And he, the way he spoke highly of the guy that they drafted, I'm sure he's going to pass that game down. He's going to pass that culture um, to his mentoring him in a sense and pass it down Whoa. in that locker room. So um, they're, they're in good shape out there in Philly, man. He said that he actually was watching film for Howie. Yeah. He said he was actually a part of the scouting, and he said this is the guy I think that is – the best or whatever. He said, for the last couple of years, they've had me do that. And I, he basically said, I didn't really. Just, that's see, smart. Yeah. They, he basically said, I didn't really see anybody the last couple of years, but this guy, <laughs> yeah. this guy is the guy or whatever for there to do it. That speech he gave was really cool in the moment live there. Yep. I think it was on Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, was a Lefko, left right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Lefko's a diehard Eagles fan as well. So it just kind of worked out like that. I, I love. What are your thoughts on the mentor thing? I'm sure we've talked about it before. I don't remember your answer because it's becoming a full conversation in Tennessee. Sounds like Titans fans, by the way, are done with Tannehill. Not all of them, (laughs) but there is a contingency of Titans fans. I've dabbled and sniffed around on Titans Twitter that are like, give us Malik, okay? This guy is our next guy. Get Tannehill. They just paid Tannehill $100 million like two years ago. That is a wild scene down there. What are your thoughts on the whole mentoring thing, D-Butt? I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like – it depends on how you wire, you know. So, and I personally coming in as a young guy, I don't want a guy mentoring me unless he really wants to do it. And hey, Kyrie. Hey, hold on, D-Butt, D-Butt. Kyrie kind of spoke about this too. Kyrie mm-hmm. said when he was at the Cavs, we had OGs and everything. I wanted to go one on one and fucking beat everybody. Some young yes. guys, by the way, aren't necessarily like, yeah, I would like you to teach me everything. Some young guys have that moxie of like, okay, I got my own shit here, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting de- debate to even have that people act as if every young guy wants to be taught and coached by the older player that's not necessarily always the case which i think is what you're getting to i'm just saying yeah. that's in every sport i think as well it's not at all and they're, they're in meeting rooms they're doing the same drills i'm sure if he asks you know ryan the question or asks the coach a question he'll give him an answer but i didn't have a problem with with ryan's answer at all uh, tanner hill saying you know it's not his job to mentor malik you know it's not it's his job to you know be the starting quarterback hopefully go out there and do everything in your power um to get that job and obviously been in those meeting rooms been in practices um, there's going to be questions that you that you answer for the young guy, but the, I, I feel like mentoring a guy is going above and beyond. Like I had mentors in my in my locker room coming into the Patriots, guys who play on the other side of the ball, guys who play different positions, but that's just who they were. That's just what they wanted to do at whatever point in their careers. And I went and did the same thing um, in my career. I had Malik uh, Hooker. My ninth year, I was moved to free safety. <laughs> they draft Malik Hooker, top 15 in the draft. You know what that writing on the wall is as a pro, but that didn't change, you know, my relationship with him. I still mentor him, showed, showed him the game, taught him how I break down quarterbacks, how he does it. And then he does things. He took some from that and then does things his own way. But uh, it, it really depends on how you wire it, what you want to do, but it's not on every guy. You don't want every guy mentoring you as well. Uh, so I had no problem with that, especially with quarterbacks, man. Even with DBs, we're kind of different. We need each other to an extent. <laughs> like quarterbacks. Like, this is my shit. This is my huddle. These are my guys. Like, so the further along I'm mentoring you, the quicker I bring you along, the only place you are behind me right now is between the ears. Physically, Malik probably has all the tools that Tannehill doesn't have. So the faster I bring you along, the faster I'm up out of here. So I had no problem with uh, Tannehill. I feel like that was his real honest answer. I had no issue with it. Yeah, and he just – I didn't think there was any ill intent in the sound in which he delivered it either. Like, it wasn't like a fuck that guy. Yeah. It was like, no. uh, hey, I just got out of a dark place, he said. After yeah. that last game, I just got out of a dark place. I had to go to therapy, he said, mm-hmm. to get through it. And now I'm back, and I'm, like, feeling good. It's like, 
Yeah, man, if he, we're in the same meeting, you know, I got a lot of shit to figure out myself right now. It feels like what Tannehill was saying. And yeah, you're the one seed. You got sent home in, you know, your first game, and you're looked at as probably, you know, I know I'm going into the game as a defensive player. It's like, hey, let's make Tannehill beat us. So if you're that guy, you know, the first thing on your mind going into April, mini camps and OTAs is not, let me mentor the third-round pick. Come on, fuck out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you said sure. you had mentors on the other side of the ball. Because yeah. everybody just assumes it's always going to be in the same room and everything like that. But some people, like your, to your point, aren't wired like that. Like Dallas Clark, big mentor for me. Tight end, obviously. He hates punters. He, like he's big mentor. <laughs> uh, Joseph Adai. I hung out with Joseph Adai a lot. He helped me immensely off the field. Vinatieri, I was lucky. So I think us just looking directly in the same. Great, great locker room. Man, great locker room over there. We had a great. Charlie yeah. Johnson was his left tackle we had, too, out of Oklahoma State. Big guy. He and I had lo- plenty of beer together. <laughs> he was awesome. He was like, like, we had such a good group. It was a bunch of older folks, you know? We had a bunch of old guys in there. And there Same, was, yeah. Yeah, so I was very lucky to kind of get in there, even though I was only 22 years old. And I think I was the dancing, you know, clown. Yeah, yeah. drink the beer. Here's a new, yeah, here's, here's a new uh, entertaining piece. But I think every time we kind of try to pigeonhole people into their leadership roles being in their building, like you just reminded me, I've never thought about that or talked about that, but it's like, yeah, like a lot of people that I learned from were nowhere near specialists, you know? So it's like, yeah. I think that expectation is wild. I think that's a wild expectation. Uh, it's, it's some people who are kind of, everybody's not built to be a mentor. You know, that's that's more work. You know, people got their own lives, their own kids, their own wives, whatever at home. Like, people don't want to do that. But like you said, those people, you know, went out of their way and they probably naturally, you know, uh, you guys probably had similar interests. I, I had yes. Kevin Falk. Vince Will for Randy Moss. You know, we played video games all the time. I used to call, hey, man, I'm on a video game right now. Randy Moss. Hey, I swear to God. You know what I mean? But it was cool. And it was, you know, any question you had, Sean Springs, Lee Biden, so many guys uh, that went out of their way to, to show me ropes, show me Hey, things, Randy, cook uh, you. Hey, Randy. On and off the field. What's hey, that? Yeah, you, Randy just, Randy beat the hell out of you in video games or what? Oh, no, we would play, man. We would go back and forth. Big Call of Duty. That was a big Call, Call of Duty locker oh, yeah. room. Mayo, oh, yeah. uh, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. Like, we had, we had a tight locker firm. room on, on both sides. Everybody hung out. And, you know, we had, like I said, similar interests off the field. Yeah, yeah, me too, by the way. Yeah, I understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, that helps. I think that helps, by the That's way. a lot. Clean session. What a legend, by the way. That guy. Home team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's home team, yep. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. I never. I was walking through a parking lot. Okay, going to a place. This was before rookie year OTAs or whatever. Heard about this place to go stop at and go to. Walking through a parking lot. There's a uh, tinted out, murdered out Yukon parked right here. See the window go down like half an inch. <laughs> and I obviously see I see the window cracking, you know, but I'm going to meet some people. I'm very new to town. And I hear Mountaineer. And I'm like, Mountaineer? Who the fuck? Who would be calling me Mountaineer? They're not talking to me. Mountaineer. And I turn, and it's all the way down. It's Clint Sessions sitting there. He's like, hey, we have a couple. And he mentioned a couple people we have in common. So I knew exactly what he was saying to me. And uh, he was like, "Uh, I'm Clint or whatever, man. I was like, I saw your workouts. He was like, here, let's go in here together or whatever. And it was like, from that day on, it was like, okay, I would have never expected fucking a guy from Pitt right mm-hmm. yeah Clint session middle linebacker to be one of the guys who's like hey let me hear some stuff here's some other shit i just think it's mm-hmm. it's more natural i think people try to force it but if yeah I'm, you know it's an interesting thing though but you have to learn from older people in the nfl you have to watch you have to be a sponge i assume that's in every sport d but 
you you have to you know you don't learn so much guy and, and most of the times it's, it's just watching you know it's not necessarily asking questions sometimes it is asking questions but it's watching you know watching how guys go through drills um watching how guys you know warm up or or, or what are they doing in the training room you know why are they early or some guys will say hey i come in and i how do you watch film you know that's the thing you can watch 10 hours of film a day but if you don't know what the hell you're watching you're not getting any better so sean springs literally set me down and show me formations. Show me, okay, every time, what like, what are you going? What are you going to pick up? What player are you going to make this week? I'm like, shit, all of it. I can cover all of it. Like, no, that's not how it works in this league. So he literally showed me formations. And you go across the league, these coordinators bring their same playbook, same plays. And I went to a game like, okay, I know if I see this formation and this guy's here, they're running this route or this route. And that's how you make plays. You have to learn from the OGs. Coaches, they only got so much time to implement basically their, you know, curriculum, basically just like teachers. And then the OGs got to kind of bring you along the way. That first regime here in Indianapolis, Gary Brackett was basically on the field coaching the linebackers. Murph was there. Obviously, he puts in a strategy, but Gary was coaching. Dallas was uh, coaching. Peyton was coaching. It's like, it's literally, when you have that, obviously, that's what everybody is hoping to have at one yeah. point in their building. Some people will be able to continue to have it. Some teams will continue to boo their owner at halftime. That's right. Ty Schmidt, your question. <laughs> D-Butt, you mentioned Jair Alexander, and I think I forget last year because their defense was so good, but he got hurt in like week four or week six and missed everything until I think he played nine games in the playoffs. Uh, with him getting that massive contract, how hard is it for a guy like that to kind of get like reacclimated in the defense? Because the Packers had the you know their best defense in probably yeah. like 10, 15 years last year. Like, how difficult will it be for him to get back in, or would you see some of these other guys having to like greatly change what they were doing last year? Not, I mean, I think he he's going to be good. He's going to fit right in. He's a top when he when he's healthy. He's a top three cornerback in the in the league year oh, yeah. in year out. Um, you brought in Rasul Douglas, who had a tremendous oh, yeah. year. Uh, you drafted Stokes in the first round. He had a great year as well. I think it's really going to be on you know those guys. Like, how are the coordinators going to uh, break up that playing time? Like, who's going to somebody going to get traded? Somebody going to rotate in? That's going to be the question mark here. But you just gave Alexander. Think he'll make 42 and a half in the next 12 months. So yeah, he, he, he's going to be in there. He's going to be all right. They're going to make sure he's good. And now it's about the other guys, you know, because it's different being a starter and then coming in and playing, you know, 35, 40 snaps a game as opposed to knowing you're going to be out there down in and down out. But I think Alexander will be all right. It's going to really be on uh, Douglas. But uh, Douglas, really, because I would think, you know, you just draft a guy first round. He played great. So you're probably going to keep him out there, let him keep learning. And then you just paid Alexander, who's also a draft pick and developed to an all-pro. So now Russell Douglas got to figure out how uh, what they're going to do with him. It feels like depending upon who signed the last contract, people who are kind of casual NFL fans say, do you see how much money they're paying? Insert position. You see how much money they're paying offensive linemen after an offensive lineman new deal comes? You see yep. how much money they're paying wide receivers after a new wide receiver deal comes in? After this Jair Alexander deal went through, they go, do you see how much money they're paying corners right now? Not all corners, right, are going to get the big bag, but how many no. you think in the league are there that are like guys that are, uh, you know, number changers? How many guys in the league you think will command and demand that much money? It's 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 kind of it's, I guess it's less about the guys. I would say probably seven or eight in that range. But um, the NFL in general, the defenses in general have kind of changed philosophies a little more with with uh, having more two high safeties, having more safeties back. 
and kind of making offenses go what we used to call the long hard way. You know, you make offenses go 10, 12, 14 play drives. Those are hard drives to sustain as opposed to, you know, just getting a big play, getting these chunk plays. So more defenses are going to two high safeties, which take less pressure, uh, which take more pressure off of the corners. So the corners have to kind of do less than out on islands as much. But when you do have a guy like uh, Alexander or Xavier Howard or Ramsey Denzel. or Denzel Ward that you can say, OK, I can isolate him over here. We can go single high. or We can put this guy over here. That gives you more freedom um, as a defensive coordinator, as a play caller. But it's not that many guys walking around the league right now. And then you combine that with the different systems that are being played. Um, so it'll probably get less and less, honestly. But I hope not. I like my corners getting paid. Receivers are damn near in a 30-year, uh, 30-year, 30-a-year mark. Corners are still 20, 21 right now, so we need to bump our number up. I think all numbers are going up with the money continuing to roll in. Yeah. But yep. I was I was thinking about that because I think it was – I think Jair Alexander got paid – what day of the week? Do you remember? I think it was uh, Monday. Monday, I think, yeah. yeah. Monday gets paid the other day. I get a message immediately from somebody at the WWE who's just a casual fan that goes, you see how much fucking money they're paying this <laughs> year? And it's like, no, no. I think everybody's getting paid more money. Like, as mm-hmm. we go, I think rising tides will lift all – Boats or whatever right. the hell it is, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's only a few of those. You said six to seven of those guys in the league right now. In the Probably about seven, eight. And, and corner is one of those positions where you know you can have a good two years and you just fall off a cliff too. You know, so it's hard to sustain that year in and year out. Because um, just like we have the book on quarterbacks and receivers, you know, they got the book on us too. You know, what are the things he struggled with? Can we put him in tight formations? Does he buy on double moves? Does, like uh, you know, Diggs for instance. Diggs gave up a ton of yards last year. But he had 11 picks. I'll take that as a coordinator. Now, you go out there and give up those yards, you only have five. You're looking at a completely different season. So can he sustain that type of success as far as ball production? And can he limit, you know, giving up those big plays and doing things like that? Which I think he can. He's young, still fairly new to the position. But I'm excited about this uh, this, this crop of, of corners, the old heads. And the young guys that are in the league. Diggs get killed by one sector of the internet. Oh, Every mm-hmm. pick he got, oh, that's awesome. Does that make up for it? And then it'll be a screenshot of him chasing <laughs> him chasing somebody and it being wild. Yes, it does make up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. The ball is the program, pal. Yeah, the ball is the program. the program. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Deepa, when you were in New England, were there clear coordinators uh, when you were there? Because right now the whole entire conversation is about Patricia and Judge coaching uh, the O-line and the quarterbacks, but them both calling offense maybe or because there's no offense coordinator uh actually no it would have clear it wasn't a clear coordinator when i was there um nobody had the title i think dean Pease was one year and then once he left i want to say patricia was like the voice but he, he d- didn't have the title and then maybe a year or two later um somebody got the title but no it wasn't a, a defensive a named defensive coordinator but you know it's, it's usually a voice the guy who conducts the media i think it was dean Pease first year then patricia the second year uh, but that, that was surprising. I saw Joe Judge and, and Patricia being on the offensive side of the ball. Definitely uh, surprising that that's the direction they're going to go this year. But, you know, if there's one guy I'm not going to doubt, it's, it's Belichick. Hey, so, uh, how long do we do that for, Darius? Because I'm doing the same exact thing. Dan Orlovsky says he's most worried about not having an offensive coordinator in Mac Jones here or whatever. Ninkovich says, who better to teach this guy than Bill Belichick? Yeah. But then the thought is, like, 
what if this doesn't work out? Are people going to say, like, Bill has just lost his mind? He's a madman? Like, how long, how long do you think he has? How long do you think he has? Like, they're obviously successful last year. Yeah. But what is the expectation in New England? Like, to, you have to make the dance. You have to. And then you have to go. What that, yeah, that, it's, it's only it's, it's championship or, you know, it's, it's, a, not a, it's a failure of a season if you don't win the championship. That's a standard in, in New England. And, and Belichick has obviously evolved and dominated for two decades and obviously had Brady. Uh, for most of that run as well. It, it's tough. It's tough to sustain that type of success, especially in a league that's always changing. Um, you know, Ernie's out of there too. I saw him do, do the schedule release, but Ernie's not in the building. So, I don't know how long Bill has. He's doing hey, things differently. Is Ernie a football genius? Who, Ernie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Ernie, Ernie's uh, he, he, he's a savant. Ernie, so basically, uh, we're playing, we're Ernie playing was Miami. analytics. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. <laughs> Week two, AFC North opponent, and week three. Hey, you know, hey, it's going to be six hey, minutes Ernie, of hard Ernie, football. Ernie's off fucking limits, all right? Ernie's made man. Ernie, okay. Ernie doesn't get talked about with no, nothing. But. Okay, well, I fucking watched that schedule release because I thought I was going to bump up my football IQ, like, at least nah. 50 points. And I watched I'm like, is he talking to kindergartners? <laughs> is, this, is this the guy that dominated the NFL for 20 years? That's all I could think. Dominated. He, he, he was the analytics department before everybody else had one, um, essentially. But, but yeah, it's a lot of things changing. You saw Bill. He's doing things different. Got a rookie quarterback, obviously. Um, went and spent all that money in free agency a couple years ago. Uh, so it's going it's to be tough. Obviously, with all this talent that's coming up in the AFC, specifically, it's going to be tough to uh, sustain that type of success over there. Um, and calling plays, man. Who's going to actually, like, practicing and all that shit? You know, I'm not worried about that. But actually calling plays, like, that's – a skill set that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out during the season yeah well bill's got everybody playing madden he's checking out what's their strategy yeah. against everybody right now you you want to call plays gotta earn it stream it right to my computer every night let me see what your style is matt patricia's got his pencil <laughs> yeah Jones. hey they do they do do that more i play for three teams they do that like the simulated game um environment they do that more than any other team you know how we have periods you know special teams periods this is that like it'll be you know in the middle of practice you know punt unit out yeah. Just throw it out and then, all right, we're on the eight. You know, it's this much time on the clock. You know, coordinators, offense, defense, go to that. Like, that's damn near. You always have to be on point for that type of situation in the Patriots practice. So that does help prepare you. Oh, yeah. But just calling games, especially with a young quarterback who's not necessarily, you know, battle tested like that. It's going to be interesting to see. We missed the heart out there by two seconds. Not your fault. It was a great answer. Hey, Siri, sorry about it. You can't hear me, though, because the commercial's on. Sorry. Go ahead, Tony. Sorry about it. I am, so, I am sorry about Thank it. you for the Lee Bond shout-out. We appreciate that. Um, how come safety's the lowest-paid position on all of defense? Oh, they're kind of viewed as running backs. You know, they're kind of losing um, their value. Uh, and it's, it's something that you can – it's almost like an old lineman. You can draft them and kind of fit them into your system, and and it's it's only a, it's a small amount of guys that really separate themselves uh, from the pack at that position. I think they're valuable, obviously, and then those guys who can get guys lined up, who can make plays off the hash, have ball production. Those are difference maker, like say a Mika Fitzpatrick, Damn. like that's a guy who should you know be paid. Harrison Smith, the guys already getting the big money. Um, they're getting that big money for a reason, but they're kind of fitting that. You know, tight end, running back market where they feel like they can be drafted, they can be placed, they can be, you know, 
quote unquote head in the system. But I think uh, safety is still a, a, a very valuable position. Yeah, if you got a guy, right, you can do things with him. But if not, you can just fit him into the scheme and kind of hide yeah. him, right? I mean, that's kind of what's going on. And that's what you were talking about with the two high safeties, almost forcing corners to not have to be as island. As, yeah, they don't have to hold that island. It's not like, you know, Revis Island. College and, too, and, right? And, What's that? College too, right? Is that happening in college, I assume, or is that all just man-to-man? Yeah, colleges, man. College all over the place. <laughs> and, and most, 90% of places don't, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm, I'm watching film, and it's guys, you see why they're putting up 50 and 60 points. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. And I told you a few months ago, like, I've trained guys and talked to guys who don't even know how to backpedal um, coming out of college. They so side it, shuffle? It, what is bad, it, just man. side shuffle? They look at the quarterback the entire time and then just shuffle? Just, it's either a shuffle, you know, a kick step, or right, you got either this or that, or you're in a press. You know, every game, hey, just press man-to-man, and it's on you to kind of figure it out. And once again, the time constraint that the colleges and the pros have is tough. The thing about the pros, that's this is my life. Like, this is my livelihood. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going home, and I'm doing this as well. College kids, you know, once they leave, they might not think about football again until they're back in that meeting room. So Whoa. it's, uh, it's maybe tough. UConn. Maybe UConn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe UConn. Not West Virginia. Oh, I was thinking football the entire time. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gumpy has the last question for you here. Uh, Darius, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Yeah, Diva, do you think the Celtics will beat the Heat in six or seven games? Coming oh! Celtics are dead. You know this, Gump. Come you on, said that about the dead. Nets, D-Buck. You said the Nets would beat them in the first round, hey, D-Bucks. I did. I, hey, I was dead-ass wrong about the Nets, all right? Damn I came box. in this playoffs with the Nets or the Heat coming out of the East. Yeah. I'm with the Heat. I slept on Jimmy Butler. I slept in the squad. Kyle Lowry's out of the lineup. If it stays that way, we win at six. Jimmy Butler will get the What's first. We? Larry Bird. You Eastern said you sat Conference down at halftime last night. You're going to watch the whole game. The amount of Well, I, you know, I got, you hey, I got stuff going on. I had my daughter. <laughs> shout out my daughter, Maya. Hey, shout, shout out, out Maya. Maya. The excellent performance last night. Hell Broadway yeah. our way. Oh, no. um, so wow. I missed the first half, but so, literally as soon as Way I said that, yeah. I took our the first Fucking dad of the year and Gump's oh. trying to take shots over here. Jimmy Jeez. One of my Panthers kids lied, too, to their uh, classmates and told them that uh, Jimmy Butler was her uncle. So I asked respect. That's a good move. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. How much better was life in school that day after, you know? Yeah. Hey, man, you know, I went in career day a few years back, and now I'm like, oh, no. Like, hey, is Jimmy Butler your uncle? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now I got to ride with it. If I go in there, hey, that's my brother Jimmy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck to your brother, Jimmy. Uh, also, good luck to your Florida Panthers. You got yeah. ragdolled by the Tampa Bay Lightning last yeah, night. I don't know if you saw that. It, it was ugly. 4-1, right? Yeah. You yeah, watching? it was ugly. You, we'll be you, all right, though. You still watching the hockey or no? Come on, big hockey guy. How about F1? That one, that one, that, that one's ugly, though. Are you, you done on F1 F1 yet or no? Because you went to the race, you experienced it, now you're past it and over it? Wait, no, I know. It's race week out there in Barcelona. Oh! oh! We talked about this race week out there, so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tapped in. Course. Well, good luck to everybody in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, D-Butt. We will see you again soon. Have an incredible week. Everybody can watch the Man to Man pod. Uh, what days are you guys live at 11? Monday and Thursday at 11. So tomorrow morning will be live at 11 right before your show. YouTube.com forward slash Man to Man pod. The Man to Man pod. Somebody got Man to Man pod. Somebody got uh, Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. So we had to go to the Pat McAfee show. Right.
Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. Is that's the internet, though? Right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Darius Brothers. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Join us now, man. That's been tanning it for his entire life because he always looks toned. Yeah, mm-hmm. freak. An absolute meathead. The founder of the Hawkeyes, which is the gym that is in the FanDuel Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, college football national champion, COVID survivor, Ryder Cup champion, AJ Hall. Yeah. 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 Hey. Hello. Is that a saying I don't know? If if you can't tone it, tan it? I mean, that's a world I hate saying. this guy, dude. You're so He's cool. He's never had to do this. You're so cool, dude. No, what do you mean I never had to do what? That you never heard this because that isn't your life. Your life is No, I know always if you're... Tone. Yeah, tone you, it. Yeah. Always. You know my brother-in-law? Brady right. Quinn? Always, always tone. Yeah. You know the rest well, of our family? Brady's toned and tan, yeah, all the time, naturally. But No, I mean, of course shows. I know. Yeah. Why do you think bodybuilders spray paint themselves for competitions? Yes, it makes the contours of your muscles yeah. pop out, but... Is that a saying that I don't know? I don't know. We say it. People say it. People Do say you it, yeah. know that people say it? No, I've never heard it like that, but I, of course everyone looks better. Okay, so it is a saying you don't know. It is a saying you don't know. I definitely don't know that saying. No, I would not claim to know it. Listen, I'm, I'm a spray tan frequenter, mm-hmm. mostly because I have to go somewhere. I don't want to look the ghosty white and then the red that I have on a natural uh, look. So I'll get a spray tan if I have to go somewhere that's warm and it's an event. And it appears that people had seen sunlight for, you know, at least a minute or two, mm-hmm. unlike where it was in Indiana beforehand. But it does make you look so much better so quick. Oh, oh yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Oh, my God. I lost 15 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm excited for the sun to be back. Can't hey, wait. Hey, don't worry about doing anything. Tone, yeah, tone, yeah, tone. yeah, just tan it. Tone? Just tan. Just put tank top on. Let the guns out. Girl. AJ actually just texted me. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. So AJ texted yeah. you. That's another saying. <laughs> Did you say that? Is that your saying? Uh, nope, but I have heard that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. People have rubbed that in my. Uh, you can get in trouble for that one too. That one stinks. I don't like that one. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because those people have terrible taste buds. Like, yeah. for instance, this yeah. guy's taste buds are the most lazy, oh, God. worthless things of all time. Bland. Yeah. So bland. No, no, not just, they're not bland. They are bland, but they're lazy. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, there is not a single sensor in his taste bud that goes to his brain and says, not having it. Yeah. yeah. Not, we can't do this every fucking day. <laughs> not funny. Lazy taste buds, just not... Just not even sending up the, the bird call. Like, maybe one day you have... You know, you guys have no idea. General Tso's chicken, yeah. 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 no idea. The bland paper chicken <laughs> yeah. that we yeah. eat every single day. Like, I wish I had lazy taste buds. My taste buds work too hard. They run right up the pole, sure. right to the brain, yeah. and they go, "We ain't eating this kale shit." I wish they were lazy. I wish they were into it. I was hoping that that would be one of the outcomes of COVID. I could no longer yeah. taste and settle these sons of bitches down a little bit. But that's just not how it goes, AJ. And I'm sorry for it. I get. I am not a foodie like you are. You love the fancy, nicer things in life. I don't need food like that. that. That's not true either. No. It's actually complete opposite. I like wings, yeah. what? What? pizza, what? sandwiches, what? honey buns. What? What? Love honey buns. Love honey buns. All that sounds donuts. great, and I do like stuff. You see. eat donuts? Uh, at times, but only no. good ones. No, you don't. don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You dork. <laughs> I don't think you're a dork because of that. I don't think that makes you a dork. But I am incredibly envious of the ability of people that don't like to eat. No, those people stink. Yeah. Like AJ, did you know you could put like salt or pepper on that chicken? Like it's not even that crazy. You know, make it taste a little better. You're like Orlovsky. Hey, by the way, congrats to Dan Orlovsky. Orlovsky's another guy with incredibly lazy taste buds, but an incredible work ethic. He has signed back on. Uh, to be uh, uh, back with ESPN 
on every show that they have, mm -hmm. and he's also calling NFL games with that. Oh, Steve Levy. Levy. And Lewis Riddick. Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Dan Orlovsky are the number two NFL crew behind Troy Aikman and Joe Buck now. That was announced via Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post. They are going to have five games, I think, in 2023 of the NFL season. They also have a couple, three back-to-back -back Monday nights this year, I believe. So congrats to Dan Orlovsky getting some NFL games and being on every single uh show that ESPN program. Yes. Yeah. Attaboy, Dan. We're happy for him. He just re-upped. I guess that was announced this morning. Congrats. Yeah, I knew he was, uh, he came on a while ago mentioning his being a free agent eventually. So mm -hmm. yeah, good for Dan, good for ESPN. We will see him plenty, I feel like, especially as the football season gets closer. I hope he's pumped. I hope he's happy. Allegedly, Fox Sports was also in pursuit. Mm -hmm. From what I've been told, there may or may not have been a conversation with PMI and Dan Oh. Wait, so do we hate Dan then? Was it Tom Brady or Dono? Is that what Fox Sports was? And they went with Tom? Wow. Maybe. That's fucked up. Do they see what Dan does for 45 hours a day yeah. on ESPN? Clearly not. Wake up, Fox. He brings it. Tom Brady was great on the field. We get it. The GOAT. Okay. What about the quarterback guru? Yeah. Dan Orlovsky. That's a shame. Probably similar money with ESPN. I assume. So what's going on with Greasy? They just take him to the glue factory? He's yeah. done? No, he's, he's coaching. San Fran. Yeah. Took him out back coach. and just fucking doof, doof. I don't I mean, think they is, did that. It's not very nice. I, don't, I, don't I agree. I don't like that they did that, he's AJ. Coaching. You're right. Where he's coaching now? Yeah, for the Niners, your quarterback coach. You Here shitting we go. Me? Let's go. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The fuck? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's serious. Never yeah. mind. Here we doing? go. He's gonna teach Trey Lance how to do it. Yeah. No, Ty and I. Clearly had no idea that that took place. <laughs> no. That's a very important position to yeah. be just yeah. taking fresh out of the booth in his performance. I, I did not know yeah. that. Welcome back to the NFL, Greasy. Yeah. Yeah. For the number three overall pick. I mean, the pressure is on Greasy even more now. Shanahan, you know, do they, are they... Are they old family friends? How the fuck did this happen? Did we know this was? How did we miss this? How did you miss this, AJ? What is the deal? How did, how, did Greasy play for his dad? I, I think, think what, so. I think he was drafted yeah, he was by his dad. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And he also, so, I think Shanahan heard one of the broadcasts and was like, "Jesus fuck, I got to get this guy out of the booth and help everybody that makes out." No, sense. I don't think everybody. He probably oh, said, God. "For the good of Greasy, who's yeah, you know, in our family held in high regards, we need to think about." By the way, I don't think Greasy was a problem in there. I don't think I don't think Steve Levy was a problem. I don't think Lewis Riddick was a problem. I think the entire, you know, last couple years of Monday Night Football has been just a. Uh, a clusterfuck. Yeah. yeah. It has been, I, I think, from the dosey -si do with Witten in the Boogermobile yep. to just Booger to the whole, I mean, it has been <laughs> quite a, I don't know if they were ever really given a fair shot, Levy, Riddick, and Greasy. And if tough they, game, tough game schedules too. Like they did not have a lot of great games. Well, and the Mannings were on in the, in the next yeah, channel uh, up right, on most yeah. people's things. So I'm not saying they were the greatest, and I'm not saying uh, Greasy was anywhere near the greatest NFL Monday Night Football or any primetime game commentator, but I don't think any of us were going in there with any expectation of them being that good. And I don't think anybody changed their also, minds. Also, it's very tough to follow Tariko and, and Gruden, and then you're also compared to the MEC booth, which is how Michael's awesome. in. Yeah. Collinsworth right before you. Yeah. yeah. Thursday Night Football booth, too. There, yeah. Aikman and it Joe Buck did those. Whew. Wait, so Monday night is going to be who now? Joe and Troy. So Joe good. and Troy on Monday night. Are they adding Dennis Miller in for a three-man booth again or no? 
I don't. I don't. No, I don't think, think Dennis he and Troy Miller. might go well together. He and so. Troy, I think, would really buy. When did Dennis Miller pop into your list of things that you wanted to force into this conversation? Because I was thinking of Monday Night Games and watching them growing up, and I never understood any of Dennis Miller. Him Miller's and Kornheiser in there were really good. That thing. People were attacking. I was getting lumped into the Dennis Miller world uh, there for a bit when I was thinking about whether or not to call games. Like, uh, just being entertaining and funny doesn't work calling games. Remember Dennis Miller? I was getting, like, added in these comments from people, and I'm like, fuck. I was at least played. I mean, <laughs> geez, what are we doing here? And I'm not saying I, – I don't remember the Dennis Miller experiment personally, but it is not viewed as, like, the good, right? Oh, like, no, no, no. I do. I mean, I was a big fan of him in The Net with Sandra Boy. Very good movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Classic film. Well, yeah, it is a good movie. There's a lot, of, a lot of yucking it up when Miller was in the booth. Oh, really? I love mm-hmm. that. Kornheiser, too. I mean, they have uh, PTI. Uh-huh. Yeah. Still going, him and Wilbon. Mm-hmm. 40 straight years. Like, for real. How long is that? Forever, I think. And by the way, the way they are talked about in the biz is like they are the greatest daily studio show of all time. That's how they're like chatted about Started it. Started in 2001. Not that Dan Patrick show or Rich Eisen show. Yeah. Colin Cowherd's show has been around a long time. How about Dan Orlovsky's shows? Yeah. yeah. Jim Rome's been around. Rome. Yeah, it's not good about Rome. Yeah. Rome was trending the other night. Rome was trending the other night. We talked about that whenever it was announced how much money Tom Brady was going to make to be a sportscaster, and then they put a top five list out. And instead of Tom Brady being chatted about being on the top of the list like the article headline was, everybody was talking about who was at number three. Or number two, I forget which two. number. Jim Rome, mm-hmm. thirty mil a year. That's because you need to respect the fucking jungle. That's yeah. right. Clones, guy, let guy these was, clones know. Guy was he quotes me and said that. Did he sign? Did he really? Nah, I don't think so. Should have. I sent him a DM. And I just said brother, and he responded back, brother. Love this guy. <laughs> oh. Then I, I forgot to answer. That's 100% on me. I should, I should answer that. I have nothing but respect for Jim yeah, Rome. I assume he just signed like a 10-year deal back in the day, and it was a huge one because he was, he's been doing this a lot longer yeah. than anybody will give him credit or respect for because he looks young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been doing this a long, oh, long yeah. time. I remember listening to Jim Rome on the way to you know like school in like third grade. Quite a shot at CBS Sports, I think, the entire internet took. Yeah. Because they said, this guy, I haven't fucking heard from this guy in 10 years. That's Is that Jim's fault? Or is this no. the network that he's on's fault? I mean, that's, who do you got to ask? I haven't heard from him, too, because he doesn't care. He's yeah, getting dirty. I'm doing, I do my show every fucking day. Uh-huh. Yeah. CBS told me they take care of all the marketing. They mm-hmm. clearly are not. That is not on me. That no. is on everybody else. No disrespect will be said on this show of Jim Rowe. No, Ever. Never. Ever. No. Love that, man. Love uh, Speaking of love, I love this topic we're about to dive into. Hell yeah. Ever since I was a little baby boy, okay, mm-hmm. I looked up at the sky a lot. A lot of looking up at the sky. And I'm not the only one, obviously. The internet has become infatuated with this particular topic as well. And how could you not be? What is out there? There's been something that has been questioned and asked by damn near every human at one point. Others get a little bit more, you know, captivated by it than others, but somebody at some point has, you know, asked, what the fuck's going on? For the first time in 50 years, yesterday there was a House Intel Committee testimony public hearing thing about UFOs. And one of the best performances came from this representative who is a congressman, and there are 435 congressmen that represent the House. Boom. This is one of them. Hell yeah. That's right. Put on a hell of a performance yesterday. Former Marine. 
representative of Green Bay, Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen, Congressman Mike Gallagher. Yeah, Mike! What's going on, Mike? Hey, call you Mike, Rep, Congressman, Mr. Gallagher, alien guy. Alien guy or Mike is fine. <laughs> I saw a Washington Post called you alien guy this morning, tried to debunk your entire brain and get you out of here. You're not only the fastest congressman, you're a Marine. <laughs> and you seem to be one of the most researched people in that uh, hearing thingy yesterday. So can I ask you a couple questions before we dive into what had happened yesterday? Of course. Can I say thanks at the outset, not only for uh, shining a light on this, but bringing Aaron Rodgers into our lives every week during the season. And I got to say, my guy, Ty, your reaction to the Jordan Love pick, top five Internet moment for sure. Hey, I appreciate so, it's that. It's an honor to be with you guys. Hey, thank you. I didn't mention oh. great A.J. Hawk. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you, Congressman. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just spit on A.J. Hawk, so... <laughs> Not sure if you're going to be able to win Ohio whenever you decide to run for president, inevitably, but that's on you. That's not on us, remember. Uh, but AJ is also thankful you're here. We're excited. When did you know you were going to get into politics, and how old are you? You knowing, like, greatest internet moment, and your question yesterday was questions that a lot of people on the internet, I think, would have asked, and it seemed like the two people that were supposed to have all the answers, they squirmed a little bit. I'm not going to say anything about body language. I'm no body language expert, but they had never heard of it and didn't know about that. How can that be a real thing, and do you feel like government is an interesting time right now where people of your generation that kind of understand the modern world and then there's people that have no clue about what the fuck's going on is that actually happening from outside in okay so a lot of questions there i'm 38 uh prior to this uh i i had no i I ran six years ago for the first time i was in the marine corps for seven years deployed a few times i was doing defense intel stuff on a totally different track and my congressman unexpectedly retired and I ran for part of the reason that you mentioned. I mean, I thought we got too many uh, career politicians in office and we need a new generation uh, to step up and run. I was the youngest man in Congress at the time. Now I'm barely in the top 10. So yeah, I very much believe the problem with Congress is that we got too many career politicians. We got too many people that get into, get into this, they stay too long, and then they go and lobby for the very uh, institutions or industries that they were supposed to conduct oversight of. So that sort of answers a one basket of your questions. As it pertains to the hearing yesterday, listen, I'm new to this debate. Like I'm not, I don't bring particular UAP expertise, but I've done basic research. I've probably done about five hours worth of research. So I asked what I thought were basic questions for people that are just modestly familiar with the literature. And they couldn't answer any of those questions. I mean, they, they, they're suggesting that there's nothing that the government has done from 1969 when we shut down Operation Blue Book to when we set up some of these new programs, ATIP, I'm sorry, that doesn't withstand basic scrutiny. I, I, I do not believe that at all. And then I asked about the Malmstrom incident in 1967. They seemed not to know what the hell I was talking about. And then finally I asked about this memo that's been floating around out there, and they also seemed not to know what the heck I was talking about. So the whole thing was incredibly confusing. I'm not sure we got any closer to the truth and listen, I appreciate this effort to destigmatize the discussion, but until the Defense Department starts speaking in simple and direct, plain English yes. and answering questions, we're just going to spin everybody up or we're going to be spinning around in circles. So I left very frustrated. And I, I'll stop here. But though I started off as a casual sort of observer in this whole UAP debate, now I'm so pissed off that I'm not going to let it go until they answer my question. Okay, so, well, we all appreciate that. I don't know if that, that answers your, your question. No, Congressman, it does. Like, we appreciate that because 
And that's the younger era, I think, and having more information than ever before in our hand and in our fingertips. And there's more question, there's more, you know, people want to snoop around and learn more. And I think the alien UFO UAP conversation is certainly one that the internet has always had. And obviously the uh, Tic Tac video that came out on the internet years ago that we had all seen, and then the Pentagon confirms it, right? The Pentagon comes out and says, yes, this is actual video that we shot, and we do not know what this is. It's moving at a speed and in a manner that we don't think is man-made, basically is what the Pentagon said. Like there was no answers to what this thing was that the internet had known for like 10 years. We had seen this on the internet and it got legitimized. I don't understand. Do you think they're purposefully not trying to answer any questions? Do they go in there with the mindset to not answer any questions? Or do you think they legitimately just don't look into anything so they don't have any answers? Because that's more scary, I think, than the first answer. Well, I think there's a couple of possibilities. One, it's possible that even these guys who we've tasked and the Secretary of Defense have tasked with getting to the bottom of this and figuring out aren't aware of everything that the federal government is doing. Put differently, there may be some program they don't even have access to. And that's problematic, right? Yes. Because that should be the first hypothesis that we're able to disconfirm, right? If it's if it's a program that we that existed in the past that we have insight into, open open up the books, right? Let, let let's just let's declassify as much as possible. Why wouldn't they Mike, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they open the books? Because they'd be scared about the reaction of the people? Well, I think, uh, you know, and I come from an intelligence background. There's always this argument that, okay, if you declassify the stuff, you're going to compromise sources and methods. Now, I think that's a bogus argument in this case. To your point, I mean, the Tic Tac video, everyone's seen that. Furthermore, I think the entry point into this discussion for a lot of people is that the pilots are legit. I mean, I've talked to David Fravert. Like, these guys are top gun pilots, right? And it's not just two separate pilots. It's not, it's not just like the Mavericks and the Iceman. You also have the Gooses, the guys that are sitting in the backseat who confirm this stuff. So you can't dismiss the pilots. And also, I think that is the hardest to explain, right? Like, if you think a lot of these incidents are actually natural phenomenon or weather or a commercial drone, and I bet that explains a lot of them, it doesn't explain the TikTok video. And honestly, the, the hypothesis I brought into the debate, right, you got to understand my bias. I do I do U.S.-China defense competition. That's kind of my thing, right? Like, that's, I wake up every day thinking... Hey, pretty fucking important, right? Yeah. Hey, that's pretty yeah, big deal. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Pretty big how deal. do we win this new Cold War with China, right? And my, my suspicion is that we're losing right now. So when I came into this, I thought, oh... We don't like that. It's got to be the communists, right? It's got it's to be, be communist China spoofing our ranges or doing something weird. And I'll say this as someone who still kind of favors that hypothesis... That doesn't explain the Tic Tac video. Yeah. I don't have a good explanation for the Tic Tac video, which is why you can't dismiss the extraterrestrial hypothesis. So I, I don't know, man. We, we have a long way to go before we're even close to answering basic questions. And again, listen, I appreciate that they're taking it seriously, but they can't answer basic yeah. questions. Yeah, it's frustrating. We had a classified portion afterwards. I'm not going to comment on classified information, but I just will say this. Obviously... I'm still frustrated with the lack of answers. So, okay. you know, interpret that as you will. Oh, it was a bunch of malarkey. Wow. Yeah, wow. Go ahead, AJ. It, are these other countries, like, is there anything going on over there? Are they trying to figure out if they have, like, do they have sightings? I don't know. Like, are they keeping it off the internet? I feel like we're the only ones investigating all of this. I would think this is a worldwide thing, not just us. Well, I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, they're, you know, 
they're following the debate we're having here uh, in America. I'm being a little bit cagey. I just don't want to stray into any classified territory. Again, I'm not trying to hide behind that. And I just made a whole speech about how everything's overclassified, but I'm not going to be the one to violate the. You're new. You're a new politician. Go right? to jail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, okay. Like, they're aware of what's going on. And, uh, you know, if, if China saw it, let me put it this way. If China saw an opportunity to make us look stupid and to discredit some of these questions, they wouldn't hesitate, right? They have the, their diplomats all over American social media. These guys are called Wolf Warrior Diplomats. Look up Wolf Warrior. It's the second highest grossing Chinese film of all time. It's crazy. You can watch it on YouTube. But the bottom line is they got their guys attacking us every single day. So if they saw an advantage in discrediting this discussion, they would. So I think everyone should take the discussion seriously. And again, even if you're skeptical about the extraterrestrial hypothesis, and I, Pat, would like to offer you an alternative idea that I think is more plausible, even if you're skeptical of that, it is fact that things are appearing on our ranges. They're fouling our ranges. That's why they're called range foulers. It presents a safety risk to our pilots. We have to figure what the hell is going on. And right now, we, we've got no answers from the Pentagon. We've got absolutely no answers, which is why declassify as much as possible. In, invite the help of the private sector. It's not just like fringe people looking into this. Like, there are multi, multi-millionaires and billionaires in the VC and private equity community That's that are fascinated by this this question. Uh, let's yeah. get the help of the private sector and let's figure out what the heck's going on. And uh, yesterday was just fundamentally unacceptable. I agree. Uh, listen, I don't watch uh, C-SPAN ever. Okay, I tried nope. to yesterday I, I for this entire thing. I was really jacked up about it. Thought you had a good performance. Yeah, yeah great job. Thought you had a pretty good performance. There's a couple others that had good performances as well. We appreciate you joining us fresh out of that. But is that how it always goes? Like, is that how it always goes? And are those happening all day, every day? Why are people saying, why is the House wasting time on this? Like, this seems like the most important fucking thing on Earth. No, like, honestly, no joke there. Not that there isn't other important stuff, but if there's somebody that has much better capabilities than us, we know about, and they're potentially getting closer and closer as we're learning more and more information, like, I feel like that's a rather important piece of you know, intel that people would want to hear. Is that type of shit happening every day, all day? And is this, you know, kind of status quo? No answers, but we're asking good questions, starting conversation. Is that how it all works in there? Well, a UFO hearing isn't happening every day. That was our first one in 50 years. But on any, in any given day, there's like, you know, 20 hearings going on. I've already been to four today, and I got like two more to go. And it just spans the range of issues. That's where most of your work is done in Congress, uh, in committees. But there, it's also a wide range. I mean, some are total, you know, uh, for lack of a better uh, phrase, shit shows. Yeah. Not to swear. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mm-hmm. already have, uh, I think, a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, you took us uh, down. Took us down. And, 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 part of, and, and some of them devolve into just members are trying to get clicks, get followers, and get their sort of five minutes of fame. Some are serious and, and, and sober. Uh, and, and then some are like yesterday, which is just uh, frustrating. And we don't have witnesses that can give us basic answers but uh yeah i mean that stuff's happening uh, all day particularly in the armed services and intel committee i don't know enough about government i apologize i probably should have done more research or paid attention in civics class but i feel like it's all changing inevitably and uh, even though there's still very old-fashioned yay nay stuff happening yeah, come right? on i mean the evolution of government is fascinating because it's not really happening but it seems like the world is happening the yesterday was i, I don't 
I don't want to call something a letdown, but that was a massive letdown yesterday, and it feels like you feel the same way. You said you kind of lean against extraterrestrial. What is your hypothesis? You think it's just Fowler's and potential defense mechanisms? Like, for instance, there was, you know, an orange globe in uh, outside of our plane in Indiana. There was a multiple globes spotted in Houston. There is then one allegedly outside of an aircraft carrier out in the middle of the ocean. This is a recreation of what they said they saw that they had no defense against, allegedly. They couldn't shoot down these they thought it was drones because they were on a drones defense mission it wasn't drones it was actual globes or bulbs they said that was following them around this is via i think the new york times or something like that article so it feels like there's a lot of these situations out there you said you're uh, uh not necessarily a massive believer but it is kind of piqued your interest because of the lack of information that we're learning about so you're diving into it more what is the common conversation around uh you know your circles over there in government about these things that pop up just a bunch of weather things and bullshit is kind of how it's all dismissed and is there anything else that's being taken super serious like the uh tic tac video I think we've actually gotten beyond the hiding behind sort of weather or natural phenomenon to explain some of these. Now, again, I said, I think that could explain, you know, yesterday we talked about there's been 144 incidents with multiple sources of reporting. So it's not just a pilot seeing something, but also radar picking it up. Um, natural phenomena could account for some subset of that, but not all of it. So what are you left with, right? I, I sort of put forward before an adversary hypothesis. There's the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm trying not to lean for or against it. Yes. I just don't think we know enough yet now, right now, to dismiss it or say definitively that's the explanation. The third, and I think really interesting one, is that it's not extraterrestrial, but rather interdimensional, right? So the idea that it could be us from the future. Oh, here we go. This is what I'm talking right. about, Mike. Okay. So. Think about the headlines tomorrow are going to be Gallagher. Yeah, 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 it's the Mars right, portal, right? I've already, I've already priced that in. Okay, so right, think Terminator, Terminator right? Uh, so go back, go back two hundred years, and you would say, okay, you guys don't have cars, you don't have internet, you don't right. have like you know good machine guns. What the heck's going on? Like get your act together technologically. So go from our point in history forward two hundred years, and whoever's left at that point, uh, if we can avoid nuking ourselves, is going to say, wait, you guys can't bend space and time. We figured that out like 50, 100 years ago, right? We already, my understanding, and again, I'm not a technologist, is that there is technology technically that can do teleportation of something called neutrinos or and also technology that proves that subatomic particles can move faster than the speed of light. Einstein tells us that's true. Theoretically, time travel is possible. So that is the third hypothesis that people in the future us have figured out how to bend space and time and it's our technology coming back from the future that's the terminator hypothesis what say you did you cook this up yourself or is this amongst members uh, of congress and things like that it's uh, i would say uh there is a group there's there's a, a group of people on the outside that believe that this is more plausible than the extraterrestrial uh, explanation and serious people too like people that have made billions of dollars and people that like know technology far better uh, than i do again i'm not privileging that over another one i'm just saying like we got to go into this debate not foreclosing anything just because we think oh it's dumb to talk about aliens and you know the washington post will call you a conspiracy theorist or this or that like let's follow the evidence 
wherever it, it leads. Uh, and I don't yet know where that's where that's going to lead. Um, but like, let, let's just follow it. Imagine if that's just some future Connor Campbell yeah. flying around on that tic tac, fucking I with everybody. I can feel it in my bones. Oh my! But God. then you get into the then you get into the Terminator paradox, right? Are you aware of the Terminator paradox? Well, you can't run into each other. Well, who created Terminator? Ask yourself that question. Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no, no. Jim, so Miles Benedict Jim Tyson Cameron. creates in Terminator Two creates Terminator from a Terminator chip or something that comes from the future. So like you can't. It already existed. It's like circular logic. Anytime you get into time travel, you're talking circular logic. It doesn't make sense once you think about it. No, no knock on Terminator. I think it's an awesome movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. Mike, we always talk about uh, like Jesus. Elon Musk yeah. potentially being an alien. You're close to the guy. I know you, I mean, the Terminator hypothesis, I guess that would make sense. But do you think it's possible that a guy like Aaron Rodgers is potentially okay. an alien among us when you can see what this guy can do on the football field? I think he's either an alien or, or a demigod. Uh, in either case, he's, he's not of this world. And uh, for all, Ty, I want to thank you for, for defending uh, Rogers. I mean, for all the haters that are still pissed off me, about the vaccine stuff or they're creepily constantly speculating about Aaron Rodgers' personal life, get over it. The guy is very good at throwing footballs precisely where they need to be thrown. And you can get over all the other stuff. So uh, if he's an alien, like, let's let's get moving on this technology so we can also teleport, you know, some receivers back from the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, yeah, Congressman Alien Guy, did you see the door on Mars? Because this has kind of been circulating this week, and it's pretty clear that people are living inside Mars. And how do we know what's real and what isn't? Okay, like how do we know it's real and what is it? Because this photo is a 4K photo yeah. of a door right into Mars, which is where they've been living the entire time. I did. I did not see that. So oh how? I know. I just I've blown whatever alien congressman guy street cred I have. <laughs> you guys, you guys got to send me this. We need to again. We got to get the private sector involved here. So the idea is that this is a doorway into where they've been living on mars yeah nasa mm -hmm. footage captures doorway inspires theories of life on mars i mean that's i'm so i'm i'm surprised that they haven't shut that story down as the new york post published it oh, oh. Go. i think that was yeah. a political joke i'm not 100 sure <laughs> but i believe there was a little political uh innuendo in um no so you think they're they're on mars it wouldn't be weird though, in mars given, mike they're in mars inside okay interesting just like long um, island yeah. Wait, mm -hmm. tell me, I, what's what was your guy's personal encounter? Okay. We need to enter that into the record. Th bingo. That's actually why we put it in the middle of these other two very real ones. <laughs> so the Houston one was documented and actually chatted about. It was four days after our Indiana one where we were flying back home and there was just this orange globe that was in our atmosphere. It was in our atmosphere just staring at us. And obviously I'm big time like, Hey, how come I ain't seen no UFOs? Everybody else has seen it. I look mm -hmm. up all the time. How come this hasn't happened? Foxy was with me. We have a video of it, though. But just shortly after that, the ocean one happened as well. So here's us on a plane. It's a tough shot. Obviously, it's not going to be easy. It's like Bigfoot. Everything's fucking blurry. But this thing was just sitting there next to us. And everybody on the internet immediately goes, that's the moon, you fucking idiot. That's the moon. And although I do indulge in some vitamins whenever it is a legal state, it was not the moon. Not the moon. It was not the moon. It was sitting there. So, I mean, 
You tell me, Mike. There's too many situations, though, don't you think? I mean, there is so many of these. If the UFO conversation will be will continue to happen, or because yesterday not giving us any answer, they're going to shut it down. And when do the aliens no. just start coming in and like waving hello to us? Well, I don't. I think the uh, the genie's out of the bottle, and that's a that's a good thing, right? Like yes. as much as you were frustrated by the hearing, I was frustrated by the hearing, and we obviously didn't get answers. Now it, you, the conversation is just it's 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 increased so much and there's a lot of serious people that are interested and i will say i gotta give credit to the senate and senator marco rubio in particular they've actually taken this investigation very seriously from the start and so i think you're going to see more discussion um you know maybe not as many open hearings uh, if indeed like we just need to be in a, a more secure space to get to the the bottom of this but there's a lot of people that i think over the course of the next year we can interview and we can start to piece together what's actually going on here. So I actually don't think they're going to be able to shut it down, even if they want to. And I don't think DOD is trying to shut it down necessarily. Maybe they're mildly annoyed or maybe they're, you know, there's some competition going on between defense and intel. But there's no way in which you can sort of um, uh, shut the conversation down at this point. That's good, though. Go ahead, yeah. AJ. Mike, first off, who the hell is in charge of putting out those nude drawing supposedly of humans that we sent to the aliens and also are there uh, can you confirm there are actually alien life forms stored at wright pad air force base in ohio i used to take field trips there at school <laughs> I, I i cannot so i don't know who's in charge of, of the new drawing you know if you ever so like remember that movie contact that yeah. was uh, jody foster like yeah midnight yeah good movie by the way uh based on a book mm -hmm. by carl sagan basically one of the, the subplots of that is that we're constantly sending like our, our television programs out into space. And so in the book, basically the first image the aliens sent back is Hitler at the Olympics in like 1938 or something, because that was one of the first powerful television signals that actually made it, uh, you know, sufficiently far into space. Uh, so, uh, indeed. Uh, well, we're for, continuing uh, to not send our best. The, the, the drawings that they sent up there yeah, are yeah. terrible drawings of the human, terrible drawings. Well, I assume the signal that we're on now is, is powerful. And so, it's it's possible the Pat McAfee show is being beamed Ooh, oh. into you know other galaxies and, and far away. Um, How you doing? As for your second question, <laughs> I've been fucking uh, keeping I, an eye on you guys. I, I have not. Don't want to be sexist I, in your planet. Jesus. It has occurred to me that now that I'm on the Intel committee, I can probably go visit Area 51 and go visit all these places. Get your so, ass out there, Mike. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I, that's that's sort of the next phase of this investigation. Oh, I, I have zero faith. They'll shut you down. Yeah, They'll I was about to say, you. I have zero faith in us ever mm -hmm. learning anything that is like, oh, that'd be sweet to learn about in the government. I'm happy to hear your optimism, though. Like, it sounds Wait, like... but you guys... So you guys think that, like, the evil bureaucrats in the executive branch are actively trying to shut down access to a program that's existed for a long time that involves aliens. That That's the theory you believe. I mean, pretty firmly, yeah. 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 Uh -huh. I guess the, the, I think the best counter argument, and I'm not dismissing that, by the way. Sounds like, like you are. Um, Thank you. Sounds the, like well, the question is, how many people would have had access to that program over what period of time? And can you keep something like that a secret, particularly given how much interest there's been Memory in the topic? Eraser. Maybe the counter to that counter is that the Manhattan Project involved hundreds of people and was kept secret. So you could... Mm -hmm. But that's usually what, how people respond when you when you make that. Yeah. And by the way, like I don't think I have ahead. enough. I don't think I have enough respect for people keeping something to themselves mm -hmm. if that's important. Now that you kind of point that out, because 
you know, that's kind of the answer to a lot of things. Like, so all these people know about insert thing and they're just not telling anybody. And you, that's a great rebuttal, I would assume. But what if it is just a very small group that yeah. you're talking about? What, what was it? you even mentioned it uh, earlier that potentially a part of the government that we have never heard of is working on something. Does that take place? Isn't that like kind of what the CIA does anyways? Well, you have all these very like highly compartmentalized programs that only certain people are read into. And in some cases that exists for good reason, but it's quite possible that there is sort of one arm of the government doing something and it, you know only 10 people are read into that program and another arm of the government that's doing something tangentially related to that is not aware just because they don't have the need to know for that program. I mean, this happens uh, all the time. I mean, you think about just the complex mess that is our national security bureaucracy, right? You have 18 <laughs> different intelligence agencies, you got DOD, you got this, you got that. And so part of this investigation going forward is going to have to involve breaking down those barriers. The reason I introduced the Wilson memo, uh, and again, I don't know if it's true, right? My whole theory on this is that if it's not, this should be the easiest thing for the Defense Department to disconfirm, right? Talk to Wilson, talk to Eric Davis, talk to everybody else that that's still alive that's mentioned in that memo, and figure out if there's anything legitimate in there. And if not, all right, then we can remove that and we can focus on what remains. But the fact is, as you saw yesterday, they weren't even aware of it. They claimed they had ne they had never. See, uh, that's tough it. to take serious. Yeah. When they say, you know, yeah. that that's that. For my theory, let's say that is my theory that I believe for a long time people are just keeping it quiet. I think watching yesterday, I'm I feel empowered almost even more. Like, yeah, they're definitely hiding. It feels like they're hiding something, not saying something, because they're acting as if something that everybody basically has heard of doesn't even exist. It's like, why would you do that? It's hard not to just keep drumming it. But the, the alien extraterrestrial convo is just so you know it's so immense because then you start thinking about the ripple effects like okay now you talk about religion so like there's maybe some religious people that don't want this to take place or find out about either and then you know for security and for finances and for like there's so many things that potentially can get fucked if this is legitimized that you would think people would want to keep it quiet for the sake of the people if you're a government like oh I'm, we're looking out for the people like we're thinking they can't handle that information so it just or, it feels or like it's a never felt, ending yeah or we felt like there was an advantage in us mm. knowing about it and nobody else in the world knowing about it right like if mm. if we oh, had warrior wolf warriors if we had like stumbled upon or created technology Lazar said, like, like, like Lazar, the generational leap, right? Like yeah. we wouldn't want the oh, Russians, sorry. we wouldn't want, you know, the Chinese, we wouldn't want the Iranians, you know, discovering it, right? So that would be the justification, keeping it secret, more than any like profit motive or 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 what I think is like a more likely theory, just pure bureaucratic like overlay and mess and, and complexity. So Ego. again, I, I don't know. Uh. Like I, I just have started to 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 pull the string on a few of these things. And I just I expected us to have a more candid discussion yesterday, and that's not what happened. I mean, you know, part of the <laughs> see, we did not like we actually were like, hey, yeah. you were either going to get absolutely nothing or everything, and it it turned out it was the first one, which I think empowers the internet to be like, these motherfuckers know more than they're saying. Lazar was right. <laughs> Lazar was right. You know, like that's a whole nother story that we could even dive into. You guys should get his ass, yeah, you know, to get in there and maybe talk to him with the, all everything he said. I mean, it's. 
It's a never-ending conversation. Last question for you here, Mike. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, Congressman, and not so much a question, but we talk about this a lot in the office. So when you do run for president, I mean, you already got my vote because we need to fucking figure out China, all right? But when you, when you need to get everybody else's vote, here's what you need to do. You need to be up on fucking stage, and then you just trot out an alien, or you trot out someone from the future when you do figure out what the fuck. Like, if boom. someone from the future disappears next to you, or you fucking trot out an alien, boom, everyone's voting for you. Just wanted to get that off my chest, let you know. You get the gas prices down, yep. trot out an alien, bang! President of the United States, I think, Mike. Just something to think about. It. We don't want to run your campaign, but we would like to add some ideas. Correct. So who's who's VP in that scenario? The We're alien, single probably. single issue... The alien, but then you have residency and constitutional uh, like problems with that. The so, future, the, the, the hey, you're going to be future. running against The Rock, huh? Probably. Probably, yeah. That that wasn't an inevitable showdown. Eventually, I just knew. I, I knew for the past decade, I've been on a collision course with The Rock. Uh, <laughs> yep. And I think The Rock is one of these guys that that bowed down to communist China for the sake of selling Fast and Furious merch. Whoa. Wow. Is he the only one? Maybe I'm confusing John Cena. Oh! Oh, shit! Oh, 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 wow! Who else you got? All right, all right. All yes! Listen, we're not getting on this. We're not getting on an early presidential <laughs> campaign here. <laughs> Who, who played a Marine in a movie called The Marine, was by the way. So I find this doubly insulting to the Marine Corps. Apologized yeah, yeah. in he Mandarin wasn't? for claiming Taiwan <laughs> was <laughs> its own country. I mean, He does speak good, on, good Mandarin. Oh, when did that happen? What a wild... Hey, so you are on... <laughs> that is what you're in every day, huh? Is the China... You in China, like, every single day? How many people are in that particular committee? And how much should we worry about that in the future? Is that a... Because I think a lot I would of us say, stooges. Hey, like, to end on like a positive note here, that's one of the few areas of bipartisanship that's happening in Congress right now. Like, there's a lot of good people on both sides of the aisle. A lot of the younger people, a lot of the people that have served either in the military or in the intelligence committee, are trying to figure out how do we posture ourselves to compete successfully with China over the next three decades. Because it's not just a military competition; it's not just an economic competition where they're stealing our IP. They're, they're undermining American manufacturing jobs. We're dependent on China for manufacturing of basic pharmaceuticals, of rare earths, et cetera, et cetera. It's also an ideological competition between two fundamentally incompatible forms of government. So this is something we got a lot of good new blood in Congress working on. So it's one of the rare things that though I said we're behind right now in certain areas, I'm actually optimistic if we attack this with a sense of urgency, that we can get our, our, our act together and start to start to beat these guys. Hey, let's go! Yeah! Good luck out there. We appreciate you. Good luck on your presidential campaign. Thank you for your service now and when you are, not that you're not anymore, but while you're actively serving as a Marine. <laughs> Representative Mike Gallagher. Right. Thank you, buddy. Yeah! There's hockey fighting this weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it is going to be electrifying. I have no idea what to expect from this other than there's going to be a 320-pound man on skates in full hockey equipment fighting another heavyweight on Saturday night on ice in front of judges. A new sport has been created, a new spectacle, an event that is going to enter our world. Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of the International Ice Wars and one of the owners of the Danbury Trashers, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Galante. Yeah! What's up, dude? 
Hey, how we doing? What's up, guys? Hey, how I, you doing? Hey, I've been seeing this on NXT, huh? You've been doing great on NXT, pal. We've been enjoying the hell out of it. Well, listen, I, I uh, we, we've had a rough few weeks. I was kidnapped two weeks ago. You're I back. Was, uh, unfortunately, I, I fortunately, you know, the family got me back. Pony D'Angelo stacks two dimes. They Legados del Fantasma. They 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 released me. So. Uh, we're, we're all right. We're, we're going to get our revenge, though. Uh, just tune in. That's all I could say. Okay, I'm excited for that every Tuesday night, obviously. AJ Galante and Tony D'Angelo and Stax and... Two dimes. Two dimes. Two, two dimes. dimes. Not two once. Dimes. Yeah. It was one dime. Two dimes came and kicked that fucking guy out. Yep. Hey, I ain't about one dime. I'm with two dimes. They are currently entrenched in a battle. And I don't know if it's turf war or what the hell you guys got going on with Escobar and his crew. But, I mean, it got ugly when you got uh, kidnapped. We were all worried. Man. Yeah, we're sick. We sent out a full group text like, hey, is AJ going to be able to make it back by the International Ice Wars next Saturday? Happy to see you're okay. Thank you. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm all right. We're, we're uh rather not talk about the issues we got to keep that amongst the family i'll fill you in when i see you next time but we, we will um santos escobar is going to get his let's just put it that way Whoa! Wow. can't wait to watch obviously come up and this is a real thing the international ice wars inaugural event this weekend on fight tv i think it's 1999 starts at 9 p.m the free-for-all pre-show starts at 8 p.m i'm looking at some of these Fighters. There's an eight-man heavyweight King of the Ring tournament. Is that all happening on Saturday night? This whole King of the Ring tournament's happening on Saturday night. One night tournament, single elimination, basically three rounds. Okay, first round, semifinals, and then the finals. Okay, crowning our first ever heavyweight King of the Ring. Look at the crown! Whoa, whoa! whoa. I don't want to put it on. That's that's like raising the cup. But yes, we we will have our first King of the Ring. Uh, crowned this Saturday. And uh, we got three single non-tournament bouts, okay? And I want to give you the exclusive, Pat. You guys know you're my, you guys are my family. I haven't even put it on social media yet. I'm going to do it tonight. Whoa, whoa. I have a pair of brothers that will be fighting in the free-for-all at Ice's War on Saturday. Two Calgary boys, brothers, blood brothers, okay? Play on different teams up there in Alberta. They want to, you know, they, there's been some controversy. Uh, who's the better son with the mother? There's controversy. Who's the better player? We are going to see the biggest brother versus brother fight since Kane and Undertaker. Whoa! Oh, On ice. That's my word. On okay. ice. On skates. And for those that don't uh, know what this is, we talked about this at its announcement like five, six weeks ago. Congrats on getting to Fight Week, by the way. you got to be pumped. There is eight men in the heavyweight King of the Ring tournament. Daniel, Diamond Hands, Amsbury, Justin, Bonesaw, Sawyer, Cowboy, Curtis Swanson, Derek, the Lion, (laughs) Parker, Chase, the fighting carpenter, tipping. Hey, Ooh. same profession as Jesus Christ. Let's Hell go, yeah. Chase. Out. Thank you, Alley train, Corey Allen, the beast, Jean-Francois LaFrance. Oh, and standing at a staggering six-foot-something on skates, weighing in at 320 pounds, Ooh. Travis Buckethead. Levitsky wow. will be fighting in the King of the Ring tournament on Saturday night. AJ, listen, this is going to be 
What the fuck? Should, honestly, I've tried to think about this in a couple of different things. If that big guy can't skate, he's going to lose, right? This is a big deal. Being able to skate, I think, is a massive advantage that might not get considered. All these guys, former hockey players that were goons, good fighters, what are you expecting out of the fights, AJ? These guys legitimate. Let's go to Travis Levitsky because I think he's the, the dark horse in this competition. Oh. Three, I mean, former, I mean, I believe he played professional football up in Alberta. He was a defensive lineman. Uh, you know, these guys up in Canada, they, they're they born with skates on. This guy can skate. I, I When I first saw the name come across my desk, I was like, this is a joke, right? I got footage. The guy legitimately plays now. Um, he can skate. And I got to tell you something, man. Uh, he If he grabs hold of you, it's going to be tough. There is a strategy to this, okay? I mean, the cardio, I mean, I... These guys in the cardio, they've been working on it for about six weeks now because, you know, one-minute rounds in hockey is a, you know, in a hockey fight is an eternity, okay? And, uh, you know, Buckethead gets his mitts on you, man. I mean, that's a long minute, okay? And uh, it's it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm act- We're actually a little concerned one of our jerseys isn't going to fit him. So oh, we're yeah. trying to figure out as we speak what, you know, a contingency plan. But I'm, I'm not kidding. This guy is an animal. Um, all those guys you named, um some of those guys, Derek Parker, uh, Curtis Swanson, these guys, you know, look, in, in minor league circles, these guys are legends of the game. And uh, you know what? They, they got one more run left in them, and they're chomping at the bit, man. AJ, you don't have those crazy restrictions that the NHL does where they have they make them, like, strap down their, their sweater and everything. Now, are we going to see old school pull the jersey over the head, blast them in the face 30 times, and knee them? Yeah. Like, are we going to see all that? Listen, it's one of those situations where it's an unwritten thing maybe not to do it, but these guys, this is a different sport. You know, this isn't hockey. I mean, these guys are like, listen, I'm. these guys are going out there, and uh, I, I promise you, I mean, I'm sounding like a true promoter, but I promise you, you'll never see anything like this. I mean, there are some big boys. I don't even think we have a full set of teeth amongst all of them, to be honest <laughs> with you. And uh, I, I, I'm telling you right now, it's it's going to be it's going to be crazy. I mean, brother versus brother. I mean, you got the eight-man king of the ring tournament. You got a couple other single bouts, young kids looking to make a name. I mean, it's it's going to be did you get uh, AJ? Did you by chance brother versus brother? Did you any any with your time at NXT find Elias and Ezekiel? All that right. would be a big battle. Yeah, if we not, ever find them. Not there's, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of rumblings about that. I mean, even in the NXT locker room, you know, with, with, uh, which I'm slowly getting involved with down there. I mean. Uh, no one's seen the two of them together, yeah. but I mean the the resemblance is uncanny. I mean I can't Same wait to tag. Yeah, yeah they're brothers. Same womb, of course. It's the younger a, brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Hi, I'm Ezekiel. Elias is younger brother. brother. That guy wears pink <laughs> trunks. He wouldn't lie. No. Guy's awesome. Nah, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't strike me as a liar. I definitely don't think so. You know, Elias graduated literally from our high school mm-hmm. with Nick. Yeah, and we had trouble remembering the younger brother of Elias. We've literally known him since he was, you know, like 13 years old. Yeah. So we had trouble remembering, and Ezekiel said, no, there's a couple times, remember, remember? I came in? No, I was in the car. Nick, you're a bad friend. Because yeah. you yeah. didn't know Elias had, had I thought it. his name was Ezra. I don't know. Oh, see, that could have been a <laughs> well, thing. Okay. That could have been a thing. Uh, what happens if they fall down on the ice? In actual hockey, you get to the ground, the refs stop it, basically. You kind of go to the penalty box. You go down the ground. Does the clock stop? Is it a running clock like in soccer and they add extra time? Do they stand them back up? Are we going to see ground and pound? How's this go? 
No, no ground and pound. So it, it, there is a point system, okay? So if there is a knockdown, if a guy's knee touches, you know, anything other than, you know, it, it's really at the ref and judge's discretion, really the ref's discretion, what's considered a knockdown or not. Um, there is a 10 count if a guy gets down, you know, it's a hard shot or whatever. So a lot of a lot of similarities to boxing, um, how it's scored. And, um, yeah, be some stoppages, be some knockouts. And like I told you, you know, a few months back, I mean, there's no draws. Okay, so if after two rounds it goes to a draw, it goes to an immediate kind of like a sudden death icebreaker round. So, like, the refs raise both guys' hands and it's right on sight there. Like, like icebreaker round. Never, there can never be a draw in, in ice wars. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. How excited are you for this? You're just a few days out for it. A lot of work has gone into uh, this from you, I'd assume. And how pumped are you for the event to happen and then for it to be over with? Anxious, you know. I, I, I mean, just, just super anxious. You know, I'm a perfectionist. You know, the whole team, we got a great team, as you know. And we're just, you know, chomping at the bit. I, the last time, to bring a parallel to it, the last time I felt this anxious was right before the Trashers started, okay? Because it was like days where I felt this is going to work. There's days where I honestly was like, oh, God, this may not work. Last time I felt like that was uh, October 15th, 04, when I was 17 with, with the Trashers. So, uh you know, it's a it's it's a hot button issue. There's a lot of hockey snobs out there that are very you know hoity toity about this stuff, and really? uh, I get down them. I'm like, listen, this isn't hockey. There's no pucks, no sticks. What are you worried about? It's it's it's, it's price fighting on ice, and uh, you know what? It's it's a it's one of those things where if people ask if people act like they're not interested, they're probably lying. They're probably going to tune in. They're probably going to look at the Instagram, and and they're going to want to see what's going on. Yeah, I think your second event is going to be one that... Oh, yeah. Like, this first one, everybody's like, has no idea what to expect, or people might not have heard of it. But then when some clips hit the internet... Yeah. You know, of a 320-pound guy on skates... fucking wheeling up to another guy. Yeah. And then he has maybe two fights in a night, three fights. I mean, it is. Hey, let's go. Let's go do the thing this weekend, AJ. Uh, Ty has a question for you. AJ, how did the, I mean, you mentioned like the brother versus brother, but how did the matchmaking process go? Like, was it tough at all saying like, hey, if this guy ends up fighting this guy in the first round, like this guy may end up killing him. Like, were you worried about that? Or did, does it seem like all these guys are kind of fairly even in terms of uh, how good, good fighters they are? Yeah, I mean, so our eight-man, the heavyweight tournament, the king of the ring tournament, all the guys are pretty – so we haven't even drawn yet. When we do the weigh-in on Friday, we're doing a, a, a basically a bracket lottery. So nobody knows who's fighting each other in the first round yet. But I will say everyone is pretty equally matched. Um there are some mismatches possibly in terms of, of weight, you know, bucket head. And I think our smallest guy is, is diamond hands at like 230. So, uh, you know, there are, are maybe weight wise some mismatches, but in terms of skill and, and fighting skill, it's all pretty equal. So, you know, after our weigh in on Friday, it's going to go to a draft. I mean, I don't even know who, you know, seriously, I don't even know who's fighting who, you know, the first round. So, how are you doing that? Find out on spot. How are you doing that? You throwing darts, you shooting pucks. How are you doing the random? We're doing the old school lottery, those lottery drums. We're going to spin it up. I, I think we got some ping pongs and we, we're writing that, you know, and whatever comes out, comes out. And, and, you know, do a ceremonial face off and that's it. You know, guys won't have a lot of time to strategize who they're fighting and, uh, I think that's what makes us kind of unique. I'm excited to see how it goes. Go ahead, Connor. AJ, have you announced who the judges are going to be? And are there any guys that used to play, you know, pro puck or no? Yeah, absolutely. All the judges, okay? The, the, only, the only requirement to be a judge with us is if you are 
considered a an either an old hockey enforcer or a current one. Okay, so it really, we got guys. Uh, some may be familiar: Brad Wingfield, John Morasti, oh, Wing Kong, the Trashers. Yes, yes, yes. So you know, all the judging are going to be. The judging is going to be judged by guys who've done it before. You know what I mean? And they know what to look for. And there is an actual system, whether pe- people believe it or not. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, there there might be some current and potential future ice warriors that are judging. We might get some spicy. In- we might get some spicy decisions where you know a judge could get called out at the next ice wars if if, if a guy who loses or even wins isn't really fond of the guy judging. So it, it's going to be wild, man. It's stuff you don't really see on a you know, regular basis. This is a hysterical concept. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know that. Like everything you're saying right now, people are like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Of there's course. A, but there's a lot of people, I'd assume, that wanted to get into this whenever they heard about it in the hockey fighting world because that real being the toughest dude on the ice is a big deal. Nick, why are you hockey snobs mm. not so happy yeah. about the international ice wars? Uh, don't lump me in with that bucket, Pat. I think AJ here is referring to the more analytics crowd, the people who don't like to see the big oh. hits, people who are all about safety. We ain't about that right here. No, 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 the sport is sport competition. Yeah. Now we hope everybody's okay in the future. Yes. Yeah. Listen, no one wants to see anyone get listen, no one wants to see anyone get seriously hurt, but it's a combat sport. It happens. But the difference is I dare I say, give us a few events and dare I say dare you. that our combat sport will be amongst the safest out of all of them, including boxing, which I'm involved in every day to this day. And I'm telling you our fights are technically safer than an NHL fight. That's a fact. Our guys are wearing MMA-style gloves, which not only helps, you know, with head damage and trauma, but also, you know, listen, if you talk to hockey guys, a lot of the problems with fighting is, you know, you're, you're banging a bare fist on a, on a helmet, okay, breaking hands, fingers, wrists, forearms. It's not going to be a problem with us. How's the old man? Oh, you know him. He's he's probably on the oil truck listening as we speak. You know what I mean? He's uh, you know, he's uh, you know, I think he loves you more than me at this point. No, 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 no. can't not can't happen. But he's a legend, that guy, man. It's been cool getting to chat with him. No, nah, he's he's super excited. He, he's uh, you know, we joke how he unfortunately can't enter Canada right now, so or else he would be there. But uh, no, nah, he's uh, he's he's. Uh, Everything I I run through everything with him, and uh, he gives me a lot of cool ideas, and it, it's kind of cool. It comes full circle getting involved with something like this with him, and uh, brings back a lot of memories of the, of the old days, you know, back with the Trashers and you know everything else. Yeah, it's awesome to see you guys working together again. Cannot wait to watch this weekend. Fight TV, 9 p.m., 8 p.m. kickoff show that has two brothers battling against each other. Good luck with your first event, and here's to many, many more. AJ, huh? How about it, pal? Thank you, fellas. All the best. Love you guys. Thank hey, you. love you too, Paisa. Hey, hey. DJ Galante. Yeah. Hey, is Pat Beverly on ESPN all week? Yeah, I think it, so. Him and JJ just squaring off yesterday was an ESPN And then Matt Barnes going back at him like they, <laughs> ESPN's got a nice thing going on. Dude, if Pat Beverly... Barnes and JJ were to somehow get into a debate and you get Greeny and Stephen A there, there might be a volcanic eruption from the pants of a lot of people at ESPN. They are, hey, they're good. JJ, very good. Pat Beverly in there talking his shit. Matter of fact, too, by the way, with everything, very good. And then, obviously, Matt Barnes is incredible at what he does. I think... 
they really struck gold over there with some of the basketball talk they got going. Yeah, I didn't even think about like when a lot of these teams get eliminated. How ESPN's like, all right, who from these teams should we go get? And obviously, Pat Bev was the right one. Well, he's one of the only ones willing to like be as open and honest as he is. True. How do you feel about like people going on to things that have been burying them? Uh, like someone going on a show where, like, say Stephen A's been killing you, and you go on there. Yeah, and it's like I'm okay with. I, I like it. Yeah. If you have it, if you have a plan, I guess, or you are aware and you know everything. I don't. Why? Who's done that recently? I don't know. It just it feels like that's becoming a trend that people are doing. It's like, and the internet loves it. Obviously, like, oh, the first time these two chat, and it's like a, a good thing or whatever. Like at some point, I assume LeBron and Skip. Are gonna have a full yeah. show? I don't know. KD, you think? Yeah, like, I don't know if KD will. I don't think anything will get worked out there, though. You, you? No, every yeah, everybody kind of just starts ah, okay. you dap up right away. Yeah, it's like a full full pass thing. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. The only one I can think of is when Richard Sherman went on there. Did he go after Skip? Oh yeah, I don't back in the day, that was like the Ooh. famous one to me when Jim Everett went on Rome. Well, that yeah. yeah. That well, awesome. Romy isn't backing down from anyone. No. Just got another DM from Rome, by the way. Fucking brother. Let's go. I gotta answer that. Why have I not? Ask him when the fucking smack off is this year. I know. Well, I will. Bet I do. You're like Bet OG, right? Oh yeah, I love Rome. I just sent back a brother. Nice. <laughs> so we have four messages back <laughs> and forth to each other, brother. <laughs> My brother, fucking brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jim Rome right now. <laughs> What an OG in the game, yeah. man. Yeah. Awesome. He's a big horse guy, big horseman. Can we do a oh, crossover yeah. show? Oh. He's live, what, same time same as us? Same time as yeah. us, yeah. That's a bummer. I mean, that crossover video of him be- breaking down the uh, Scott Stapp uh, day All opening time. game is one of the best clips <laughs> I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. And if you go back through the library, there are 15,000 clips like that. I mean, I... <laughs> If you're in a bad mood, you go down a Jim Worm Rabbit or Jim Jim Rome, Jim Rome worm yeah hole. Wormhole on fucking YouTube. Oh, say that like five times. Yeah. Jim Rome Wormhole. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. not bad. But yeah, I, I've gotten lost down those and just four hours gone. Got to view everything as wrestling. You know, everything's wrestling. Life is wrestling. Life is a movie. Everybody's a character. If you don't like their character, don't take them serious. Clones. Like other characters. Mm-hmm. Rome was a full-on sports character, mm-hmm. and every, everybody had a, every impersonator had a Rome. Every team, everybody knew Rome. He's o- before there were characters though in the media world. Sure, almost. And uh, by the way, I don't think he was acting as anything other than himself. Because yeah. I went to lunch with him, and as I was sitting at lunch with him, me and him eating great steak. Yeah, and it was a great steak. As he was talking, I was thinking to myself, like, God damn. You were like this all the time. Like, the way he spoke, the pauses, the times, the questions he asked. I'm like, this is amazing. What a legend, dude. What a fucking Beast. legend. The internet, just envious of, yeah, you know, CBS Sports refusing to put him on the map anymore. I thought he did a subscription. This is how much I, this is how much respect I had for Rome. I thought Rome said, fuck it, I'm doing a subscription service just for my listeners. And he'd been raking in subscriptions from his... You know, his people or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, what do you guys call it? No, clones? The no, yeah, the clones. The clones mm-hmm. or whatever. I thought he was well, doing that. This fucking guy. What just? He fucking didn't want to show respect for Jim Rome. Wow. wow. AJ hates Jim Rome. That was despicable. 
because I didn't really hear from him anymore, I felt like he just probably owned all his own stuff, went to his own network. That was not the case. He went to CBS Sports. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and, nobody, and, it's, and nobody even. Well, for sees a long time there, like he was the backbone of like Fox Sports Radio, you know, like his show. And then I think when that was done, I think CBS came on and yeah, gave him a fucking massive deal. Um, AJ? Yeah, I don't know what happened. You don't oh. like Jim Rum? Wow. I was just gone all of a sudden. That's probably because what we talked about earlier and what you all were so happy to have on this program. A lot of super jacked faces. This one, Mm -hmm. that one, Tone, for sure. That one, for sure. That one, no, I, oh yeah, I, I, I have to rebuttal. I've like been the very butcher's positive dog. lately. Yeah, no, I you, bear, I you have haven't. I have been. I saw your face as soon as Gallagher started speaking. There was a twinkle in the paintman's eyes. <laughs> you know, his eye. Like, oh, here mm, we go. John Cena is a marine, as far as I know. T. Well, he is. Right? That was a personal he's thing. He's a fraud. Well, well right. no, he's Gallagher wrong. did say. You know. No. We don't, nope. He said that nope. they're going to look into aliens yeah. mm-hmm. and UFOs. Yes. No reason for us to get into that guy's no. world. But he was that. pissed. I'd seen him play the Marine in a movie, and then he bowed down to Taiwan. And no, he didn't bow down to Taiwan. He bowed down to Taiwan. Bow down to Taiwan. Either way. Neither do I, by the way. Yeah, I mean, still. Also might need Gallagher at some point. Hell yeah. Let's get to a break for about 21 hours or so. What's that? Winning Wednesday. Yeah. Run that at the end here to end the show. Oh, yeah. Winners announced from all of the giveaways that we've had the last week. Oh, oh yeah. Did anybody go through the uh, Twitter and Instagram for Sunday? No. Those will be announced tomorrow. There but the is. interns. Well, yeah. That's what I just said. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. basically what just happened. Mm-hmm. There. Mitt's going to have to show him how to do that. Is one Actually, of them gone Bruce on Friday already? I know Bruce, Bruce might have done. Bruce does all of it. Did Bruce do the but, Instagram and uh, Twitter hockey Game oh, yeah, Seven they're Sunday? Here. They're in here. Game yeah. Seven Sunday are? Yeah. Out of baby, Bruce. 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 Thank you, Bruce. That's huge, man. That's awesome news. All right, so all the winners will be announced here uh, as soon as we get out of here. AJ, thank you for your time. That you were incredibly toxic today. No, I was not. But thank you. It was good. Uh, I had a, I had fun on the program today. It was very. We have a lot of range. I feel like over here. We do. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. People call us shallow, though. You know, we're a wide pool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not a deep pool. That's Not all right. Go, like go, a sandbar. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh-huh. We are sandbar yeah. of shows. Sandbars Boom. are the best. They, everybody's looking for them. Yeah. That's right. Here you are. Sandbar shows. So Toxic awesome. table. You guys are great for the sandbar. Love the Love sandbar. As are you, Tone. Everybody in the back, thank you for all your hard work, all our guests today. Thank you. Hashtag PMS sandbar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will right, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.